Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 1198, air date March 26, 2023. It'll go okay. All right, John, can you share the video? Thanks. Yeah, so Owen, so I think what I'd like to talk about today, okay, is Elon, fucker, Tucker Carlson, and this fool Robert F. and Kennedy, these three guys. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. The, the, Trinity, uh, the Trinity of nonsense. Yeah, because these three people, to me, are represent it's a huge opportunity for people really to understand what is evil, like the systems dynamics of it, and how those in power are essentially getting ready or have already put forward a whole nother set of characters to manipulate people, Owen. And I think that's what, it, that's what we want to talk about. Yeah. Um, and I, I think I like that. I like I like that vibe. Yeah. So if you if you think about Elon, right? Um, let, let's just start with him. And but all three character, all these three guys, uh, Owen, are all very closely interlinked, among others. You know, but they're sort of the core that's being promoted right now uh, in a very very uh, profound way to manipulate people to let go of their own sensibilities of what truth is or having any integrity for themselves. So you take Elon. So uh, when were you thrown off, Owen? This is going to get weird, dude. Mm -hmm. It was 1776 days before I was let back on. And, you know, uh -huh. I, isn't that interesting? So yeah. I was out for uh, that exact amount of time. And then I returned from the wilderness with my teeth sharpened. And I just viewed yeah. it as a great way to communicate. And so that's why I'm having a blast on it. But yeah, it was, it was uh, 1776 days to the day. Yeah, and it's interesting. I think I was put back on literally on my birthday, 12 to 22. You say? Oh, and, yeah, there it is. Yeah. Numerology. 12 to 2022, right? So I think we can talk about a lot of these very synchronous things, you know, that occur from a spiritual perspective or even from another perspective. But if you look at Elon and if you just uh if we all just recognize what was really going on the so-called left um actually love censorship right they hate the first amendment they do not want people to speak that's a given in my view the last hope of the world uh, uh is really the american working class in terms of them actually particularly that what you would call the quote-unquote conservatives i don't even put a label but let's call it that set of people who actually you. Yeah, yeah. you know what i'm saying because there's yeah. also motley group in there but the set of people who say, yeah, I like the First Amendment. You know, I understand that revolution took place and we broke from this other set of characters to at least give these uh, values called the First Amendment. And I think the reason the First Amendment is so profound is because it basically says that the you as a soul or individual have your direct relationship with your creator. And out of that relationship comes your definition of you as a human being, right? your creativity, whatever you want to prescribe that, but it's it's this very holy relationship. And in order to have that relationship, you must have the freedom to speak freely, to move information, matter, and energy, which in the in the in the science of engineering systems, that's called the aspect of transport. In the ancient Indian sciences, that would be called the principle of Vatha, but it's a movement of information, matter, and energy. And out of that principle of movement, we can start having this conversion process, which is taking crazy ideas, right? Throwing them against the wall. People debate it out or uh, you actually, and it doesn't, it has nothing to do with consensus. You come to understanding or closer refinement of truth. And when you have truth and freedom, then you have 
the ability to get to health, economic health, physical health, and that and that physical infrastructure of health supports a pursuit of freedom and truth. But it really, um, the the sense of the ability to speak freely is essential to this. So if everyone agrees with that concept and how profound what 1776 was, not only to people we call Americans, but to the world, it was a set of people who took a very principled stand. Their walk matched their talk, right? And so in my view, the working class in America, including the immigrants who came over and the people ascribed to that are one of the most powerful forces in the universe or the planet. And there has been a continuing effort by those in power to destroy that group of people through many, many things we can talk about, right? Health, uh, destroying people mentally, emotionally, et cetera. And so, um, and if you look at that march, right? Um, in my personal experience in, you know, when I first came to the United States, I remember when we came here, my, I, I asked my dad, why, why did we come here? He goes, he said one word, freedom. And then to me, that was very, very important because I grew up in India, as we've shared before, a caste system where there was a multi-tiered system where your birth determined your future in life. Um, and my parents were quite extraordinary, the fact that they came to the United States, et cetera. But in um, that process, as you know, in 2020, it was the lawsuit that I filed pro se in Massachusetts um, when I was thrown off Twitter on, uh, you know, first on September 25th, 2020, and then again, fully deplatformed on February 1st, 2021, when I exposed the fact that the government of the United States and all governments have created these backdoor portals into social media. It was our lawsuit that exposed that, Owen. Fucker Carlson do it, didn't do anything. And it's very, I think it's very important, and I'll explain why I use that term to describe him. There were a few news outlets which did that, which exposed it, but it was our lawsuit, our sweat and massive effort, because we had to file the lawsuit on our own. We won in federal court multiple times that no one covered, and we had to go direct to people because we were an independent movement. We weren't in the left or right camp, and the left people don't like it, and the right people don't like it. They don't like bottoms-up movements. They want people yeah, to be, exactly. you know what I'm saying? If you're in there, if, if you're in their club, then they promote you. But if you're not in their club, you're dangerous because you're going to take their eyeballs and their views and their, from their view, their revenue away. So, yeah. but we did this in freaking 2020. And awesome. this guy, Carlson knew about it. I sent it to him. Greenwall knew about it. The ACLU, none of them did anything. So everyone listening, please write that down as a very important factual point. If you go to winbackfreedom.com, I have the emails we sent to Tucker we have the emails we sent to so-called Greenwald, who's this guy who acts like he's for against big tech censorship. These guys stood silent. They waited and they waited and they waited, right? It's called delayed truth. It's called a limited hangout. It's a CIA methodology. Yeah, I actually don't like them more than the quote-unquote left because it's like, I know, I'm, I'm like you. I know people all over the all over uh, the spectrums. And I went through a period where I was like, oh, the right wing's the truth wing. You know, after coming out of Hollywood and seeing like all that mental anguish that was happening. And then I realized that it's almost worse because they know and they're playing make-believe and they're getting, because I know a lot of left wing people that are just a bit deranged. <laughs> like, you know, it's, yeah. they, they believe it. They're like, you know, you know, I, I don't want to, you know, I know we're on Twitter and I'm following the TOS, but it's like they're they're more sincere than a lot of these people. Like if you look at the um, the Robert Kennedy, like I can see through that a mile away or like a Joe Rogan or somebody where it's like they'll pace you and groom you like we're the truth guys. But whenever anything's important or whenever there is a 
a major spell being uh, cast, they fall in line immediately. And that's almost more dangerous because, you know, like uh, I was posting on Twitter, all the Steven Crowder stuff. I'm like, when I was doing comedy with him and he just kept trying to get me in a dress and I'm like, my guard was down because he's this Christian conservative on the left and tight white pants and leotards on the left and spandex. Hmm. And I'm like, dude, is this guy a fruit, like fruity? Like I, because my guard was down. Cause I'm like, Oh, this guy's the truth. Or Joe Rogan will talk about DMT and Bob Tucker Carlson will say the real truth. And, and those are the guys that are the most, uh, they'll, they'll ensnare you the most because like, you know, like a Gavin McGinnis literally took his pants down and put a dildo in his ass to own the left on a live stream. I'm like, Anderson Cooper never did that. Why is the most depravity coming from the guys claiming to be conservative? You know, and so, yeah, I'm like you. I will look at these people and be like, oh, it's a, it's a demoralization campaign. And I'll just say one more thing and I'll, uh, we'll get back. But talk about synchronicity. So last week, I posted on Twitter for the first time I did a movie review in like a year. I'm like, I'm going to review the film network because uh -huh. I saw this, I saw this clip that was like, wow, this movie was ahead of its time. And I'm like, you know, Howard Beale, the number one rated TV channel and all the truth they're throwing out about how they use it to demoralize and blah, 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 and how it's all about ratings. And then they cancel them, you know, by killing them at the end. And I'm like, I'll do it on Monday. On Monday, Tucker Carlson gets fired. And People are like, oh, Owen's glowing. He's a fat. I'm like, no, dude, that's called synchronicity. No one told me. Like for the first, so I just happened to want to do network on the very day that the plot happened. And so we had this really interesting stream. And those are the things that aren't really explainable by conventional science. You know, I know that you've touched on them when it comes to energy nodes. And that's why it's really cool. You have more of an Indian background with some of the spirituality stuff because you know, the flow of energy on a metaphysical level between human beings is unbelievably cool. And a lot of Western religion and Western culture doesn't really address it. You know, it's more linear, you know? Yeah. And, and Owen, uh, we'll come back to that. One of the things is there's when you look at system science, this is why it, it's really a much more uh, generalized way of looking at science. What we see um in the universe talking about what we call this mechanistic view of the world, right? Started with really Newton in the 1600s to what we have today is this notion that you can predict everything in the universe. You get enough data, right? You can create the laws of the universe, but the reality is that uh, mechanistic model of the universe is actually a subset of something much more profound. The universe is actually in a mode of actually chaos. And it is under certain circumstances that we have this predictive universe. And this was a work of uh, Ilya Pergroni, who won the Nobel Prize in 1957. He doesn't get a lot of credit for this. And he, he, he proved this in some very, very interesting physical chemistry experiments. But the fundamental view is that, um, the, he, because he was, he was trying to contend with the fact that he was actually a lover of the humanities in terms of look, philosophy and trying to understand what you would call spirituality and the fact there's these physical laws. First law, of, you know, the laws of thermodynamics, the laws of mechanics, and how do you resolve these two worlds? And the resolution comes in that you start recognizing that there are, that the universe is actually in its natural state chaotic. And it is under certain circumstances that uh, the predictive universe uh, comes out of that chaos. 
So what that means is that the universe is actually has much more flexibility than we think. Now, those in power, what they want to do is based on the laws of Newton that were discovered in, or he discovered in the 1600s, right? Is a concept that, okay, what did Newton actually discover? He actually uh, discovered the laws of mechanics, right? And Leibniz and him came up with calculus, et cetera. But what they were really saying was that if you look forward in time and you take the, the motion of a planet, right, or the motion of an object, you could predict exactly where it was going to be, right? So I fire a projectile and using Newton's equations, I could predict exactly where to land. But what that, what it also said was that you could also predict stuff in the past, right? Because it's a timeline. And because you have laws of motion, you could predict into the future and into the past. So in their model of time was reversibly goes forward and backward. Now, when the, the laws of thermodynamics came, there was a big hitch in this because the, the laws of thermodynamics said that time only moves irreversibly because of the law, second law of thermodynamics, which says that everything goes to entropy, right? Full, uh, uh, complete disorder. So if I hold, if I put a beaker of water and I drop, you know, a blue ink and it's a classic thing you learn in like third grade, the blue ink disperses everywhere. So if everything is supposed to be dispersed, and goes to disorder, the question that started coming up to people is why is there even, why do we even exist? Because we're organized matter, right? It shouldn't exist. Why do these planets- I'm exactly thinking about this all week. That's crazy you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, so it's fascinating. So why does order exist? Because according to entropy, everything is supposed to go to disorder. So what would happen is many of these scientists wanted a hand wave that. Boltzmann was one of the people who tried to explain that and he was vilified. Because um, what people were contending with was, okay, if the laws of Newtonian mechanics are you can predict the motion of everything, that means everything is freaking predictable, right? Everything um, is a mechanistic world. Where does that lead you to? Well, that leads you to where we are today, that I'm going to collect enough data on people. I'm going to watch all of Shiva's followers. I'm going to build little vectors. I'm going to build pattern analysis algorithms. And I'll know exactly who his followers are. And this, by the way, I'll get to why they keep us on Twitter. Okay. I'm going to develop a predictive world of who Owen's followers are, who Shiva's followers are. And then I'm going to find all of the other people who are potential followers. And I'm going to push Robert Kennedy to them or push Elon Musk or put Tucker Carlson. You say it's called predictive. Analysis. I used to do this work for 20 years. Okay. So when you get into the mechanistic view, philosophically of the world, we're just automatons. Today, we're in a carbon-based uh, body. Tomorrow, silicon. It doesn't matter. I'm going to manipulate the world as simple as, oh, Owen bought uh, this. I'm going to send him this to buy this. You see, marketers have been doing this for the last 40, 50 years. So it's a very predictive model of the universe. And what it, what's the end state of that? The end state of that is a finite set of people will gather enough data and we can manipulate anything because we believe it's a mechanistic universe based on Newton's laws, et cetera. All right. Now, this is a serious issue because this leads to where we are today. And it basically leads to people saying, well, I guess that's just the way things are. I guess I'm just a fool and I, I'm a nobody. I just have to choose, you know, Kennedy or I have to choose, you know, Trump. But, you know, it's just the way it is. It's our lot in life. Right. We all have a prescribed thing. It leads to this concept of uh, primogeniture, the, the laws of uh, manifest destiny. This is just the way things are or the Indian uh, screwed up version of, of Hinduism that, well, that's just the way things are. You're born this life because you did something. Everything's all destined and it's done. 
So what does life mean then? Life means everything's predestined. You don't really have any free will. You don't have any free choice. That's where that leads to, Owen. You following me? It's oh, a, yeah. Okay. So now, now you go to the second law, and that means you can predict stuff into the future. You can predict stuff into the past. Now, when all of the, the Newtonian view of the world came out, suddenly you had the religious view come up at the same time in opposition to that. Because the religious view basically said, wait a minute, if everything is predictable, then there is no God, right? Then we have no choice as God talked about, right? So you had this version of science come up over here and this version of religion, and they were put in opposition. And that's where it existed until around the 1950s. When Pergroni looked at this, there was a he there was a very, very interesting experiment that he observed. And let me describe it in a simple way. Imagine I take a big box, Owen, and I put in a bunch of white, uh, fill it with white ping pong balls, right? So you would just see white, right? And let's say they're just blowing around. And then I put in a bunch of black ping pong balls with that. And if they're also blowing around, it's a big enough box, you would see a gray color, right? Because it would come to sort of an even disorder. Does that make sense? That's like yeah. the law of entropy in place. And you would assume, okay, it's always going to be gray. And it's just that, because that would be the second law of thermodynamics. So that's total chaos and disorder. Now, this is what was fascinating. It's quite amazing. Now, this is called chemical clocks. Under certain conditions, Owen, you know what happened? Suddenly, that box would become all white for a certain amount of time, and then it would become all black and all white. It was like predictable. So out of chaos emerged this predictability. Quite amazing. So the predictable universe there that emerged, which which is what Newtonian and Einstein talked about, it's all very, a me mechanistic world, emerges out of this larger world, which is really chaotic. And how does that occur? It occurs through a, uh, what people started saying was that these ping pong balls are actually communicating, man. Synchronicity, right? That the hundred monkeys saying that there's something going on in the universe that goes, that's a fluctuation out of thought emerges all of this. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. you see what I'm saying? So the real universe is composed of information, matter, and energy. And it is under certain circumstances we get this known universe where you have predictability and aut an autonomic mechanistic world. But the reality is the true nature of the universe is absolutely unpredictable, chaotic, and one human being's thought or a set of human beings thought when they start moving in a wave can create something that's quite profoundly different. And yeah, this you said, yeah, and this and this is what the you know ancients or spiritualists or mystics talked about. In fact, a lot of people don't know most of Newton's work, he did a, two times more work in exploring some of the mystical fields than he did even in the mechanistic world. A lot of that stuff was burned. Apparently, there was a fire that took place in his home. But the point is the true scientist is exploring the universe from a systems perspective beyond this very narrow mechanistic view. To me, the evil nature of the universe is when you make human beings automatons. So you take a guy like Elon Musk, right? Let's just really look at this guy, okay? Wherever he's gone, it's always been about him projecting himself and building his brand. You can go see, it says, well, I wanna be on the cover of Rolling Stone. PayPal, he almost basically screwed up. Peter Thiel came and bought it. And then you have Pierre Omidyar, who was the head of eBay. And by the way, everyone can look up these facts. Omidyar buys eBay, um, buys PayPal from Thiel and Musk, right? So here are two 
this is sort of this Omidyar, Musk, and Peter Thiel. Peter Thiel today runs Palantir, or is the founder of it, or funded it, which is a massive data collection organization, which is like this with government. Musk, entire existence is based on the government. Where government ends and Elon Musk begins, nobody knows. SpaceX, $5.7 billion, completely government funded, right? And what is it for? It's to create these Starlink satellite systems, right? Which will be observing everything we do and essentially own space and, and the world of air. Now you go to Tesla, Tesla owns the ground. These Teslas are essentially walking and moving surveillance devices. They're not just cars, right? Based on the cameras, the connection they're connected to. And Tesla's entire profitability was based on receiving $1.5 billion in carbon tax credits. And if they didn't receive that profitability, they, if they didn't receive that credit, they would never have been profitable. And as many people know, the valuation of a company is a multiple of profitability in the Silicon Valley world. That's how they achieved that $600 billion valuation. Now you go to Twitter. Twitter is completely reliant on government uh, uh, largest because um, Twitter is a social media platform like Facebook, Yelp, all these guys. They're not a publishing, uh, they're not a publisher like the New York Times, right? Or um, what we're doing here, Owen, right? They are a publishing company gets 1X to 2X when they, when they say, oh, how much is the New York Times worth? Well, the New York Times made a billion dollars in revenue this year, let's say. They get mainly two times the, uh, the value, two times the multiple of their revenue, which means $2 billion is the value of the New York Times because Wall Street and Silicon Valley has deemed them as something called a publisher. However, Twitter and Facebook and these other organizations are deemed as platforms. Why are they deemed as platforms? Well, you and I, we tweet on this, thing called Twitter, right? If you say something defamatory against me, like Shiva kicks his dog all the time, I can't sue Twitter. That's what, because they have section 230 immunity. I can sue you, but I can't sue Twitter. And because of that indemnity, they were given a multiple of 10, okay, on a good day or even more, which means when Twitter makes a billion dollars in revenue, they're worth 10 billion, all right? So how did they get this valuation multiple? Well, because of the collusion between Silicon Valley and Congress. Congress is not supposed to pass any laws to do an, uh, to uh, abridge the freedom of speech. That is the First Amendment. Congress, not the Supreme Courts, not the executive branch, but Congress shall pass no laws to bridge freedom of speech. But over the years, Congress, in order to get elected, they go to Silicon Valley. Silicon Valley funds them. And this unholy alliance allowed them to create what I discovered in our lawsuit was the government has created through CISA, which Trump signed into law, all the conservatives need to listen. The CISA was cybersecurity infrastructure security agency was put into uh, by uh, Trump. And that agency created all of these deals. So all of these social media companies in return for getting section 230 immunity would allow government to have a backdoor. First, it started in England, then India, then Taiwan, New Zealand, and was brought here in 2018. And that's what our lawsuit exposed in 2020. Fully exposed. Fully exposed in courtroom transcripts, the government of Massachusetts saying, yeah, we decided to take Dr. Shiva out because we didn't like what he was saying. Judge says, how did you do it? Oh, we have a special portal, Your Honor. Judge is like, what are you talking about? Do you still believe in the First Amendment? That's what we discovered, um, um, 
uh, Owen, we told it to Tucker Carlson. He did nothing. It's the most important lawsuit of the United States in many ways of the modern times because it exposes that the First Amendment has completely been obliterated because Congress laundered censorship through an engine. Yeah, way to put it. Yeah, they also laundered slander through Wikipedia. I've like, La laundered slander. Like, yep. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, like my Wikipedia page is is just a mess, and yeah. it's like, and you, you can't know, even change it. No, I, I had all my uh, listeners start writing in stuff and they just flipped it all back. And the way they do it is they'll write something not true. Then a next tier blog will quote it. And then the next one will quote that. And so then they've, they've created liability shields. And then I noticed that if you say true things that they use for shame, they take it down when it comes true. Like I said that Bill Gates was going to do He's eugenicist that funds all this stuff. And I was talking about, you know, various medical stuff in like 2017. And then they had that up there like, oh, this guy thinks this. And then when it happened, they just took it down because they're like, that isn't demoralizing. Yeah. But don't you think that because we are in a synchronistic state and the mechanized worldview is actually wrong, that over time they fall apart? Because like that, that's one of my hopes. Is yeah. So, so what's going to, so Ian, it, it will fall apart when there is a raising in consciousness yeah, among exactly. enough particles, just like the ping pong ball example. What Pergroni said was he didn't understand how this worked, but these balls are actually communicating. It's like yeah. the hundred monkeys saying one monkey figures out on one part of the island how to open the coconut and it spreads. So there's something quite profound taking place when you have the raising of consciousness, when consciousness awakens. And what, what, what I'm trying to do, Ian, with Truth, Freedom and Health is we're teaching people this law, you see? Because people need to become aware that the universe is actually non-mechanized. That's the first thing. When that awareness comes, people will expand their consciousness and they'll start to see themselves for much more than a unit in a mechanized world, right? A cog in the wheel. Yeah, absolutely. So it's a raising of consciousness, which is central to this. And you don't need everyone to raise their consciousness. You just need enough points on the network that start communicating and you change the, the dynamics of the wave. But when you look at a guy like Elon Musk, Peter Thiel and Pierre Omidyar, these guys are from the mechanized world. They are they have the hubris to think they will control everything. And and then everyone else is stupid. And that's part of this. And also part of their hubris is their words do not have to match their deeds. They can talk the talk, but they never have to walk the walk. And this is central to what I call the dynamics of evil. If there is a definition of evil, it is the definition of a set of people thinking that they never have to walk the walk and they can just talk the talk. And furthermore, when someone discovers they haven't walked the walk, they can redeem themselves by just saying, oh, like Tucker Carlson's doing right now. Right. He gives this little beautiful speech. Well, you didn't fucking know this for the re your life. Then you should bow down, Tucker, and go back to school. You shouldn't be on. You shouldn't have this kind of megaphone because you're unqualified. So that's what I find quite interesting. When these people are caught, it's like those preachers. Right. They're banging everyone. Then yeah. they give this huge speech. Oh, yeah, I'm going to redeem myself. I'm so sorry, Lord. Right. Please forgive me. And then. <laughs> right. But that's what fucker Carlson's doing right now. He, yeah, that's why I tried to I try to break the programming uh, with one with comedy because what I do I heard this great quote you know Sebastian I think his name Sebastian yeah 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 we watch him he's funny yeah so he had this quote that yeah. summed up my entire career and he's not even a comedian he goes 
offend the mind, reveal the heart. And I'm like, yeah. And so he talks about how, because my job is to offend the mind and then the trauma comes out and I have about 90 seconds to make it funny or else everyone gets pissed off at me. And so I'm doing basically a form of alchemy where I transmute trauma into comedy. So it's like, I'll say something where someone puffs up. And this is one reason why Twitter can be a bit of a nightmare for me because sometimes I need like contacts and one out of contacts can be like, oh, how dare you? So I offend the mind, I reveal the heart, the trauma comes out, it's almost like an exorcism. And then the laughter comes out. And I do this with relationship comedy all the time where I say stuff that you'd think would trigger the hell out of people, but it actually heals people with the laughing. And so uh, I that's I don't know what point I was just making about that. We were just talking about that, about offending them. What were we just talking about? Oh, about, uh, <coughs> I don't know, I lost my train of thought. But it's about, uh, you know, the kind No, we were talking about, about, I was ta- I was talking about Tucker Carlson and how. Yeah, 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 yeah. about how I'm showing people how he works. So I posted a clip of his speech and I said, this is absolutely true. Because what he said was, um, was you know, that when you speak the truth, you gain power. Right. It's true. When you lie, you become this like Gollum. And I, I posted that. And then I followed it up with, he giggles like a Pillsbury Doughboy, you know? And so I'm basically shattering the idol. So it's one, if you just go at it and you say like, this guy's, you know, a shell, a CIA demoralization agent or something, the people's script says, you're a hater. You're just jealous. Mm-hmm. There's, there's like a script that, go, that comes into play. So what I like to do is show, what I like to do is show that someone, what he said is obviously true. And then. You know, no, no idols, no sacred cows, no saviors. Like this guy is not going to help you. What he said is true. Take the information. And, and I, I want people to do this with me. Like everybody listening right now, no matter what platform, there is something I have an opinion on or believe that you find wildly stupid. Let that go. I'm not your idol. So it's like, take what you like from me. And one thing that I'm trying to do with raising consciousness is farming because farmers have some of the highest consciousness I know. You're just like, maintaining systems, seeing consciousness, you know, nibbling on greens, doing work, having a lot of downtime. It's like, it really is a profession of, I understand why our country was founded by farmers, you know, like Jefferson and all those guys, because it really is a great way to structure society. So I'm trying to bring that to people. And then if enough consciousness goes up, it doesn't matter what these people do. You know, they can run around with their little Teslas and all that. If you can see through it, if you can see that a man can say a true thing that resonates with you. You feel it. You have that emotion. What Tucker said was true. But he's still, you know, he's giggling like the Pillsbury Doughboy and he does demoralization. Like one time I showed a slideshow of his last 50, um, his last 50 titles of his videos. And if a homeless guy said it to you on the street, you'd lock him up. He's like, this is the end of America. Aren't you mad yet? This is really happening. Nothing this bad has ever happened. It's like every single title was like demoralization, demoralization with no solutions. That's what these guys do every time. They say the truth and people go, finally, yeah, it's right out of network. It's like, I'm mad as hell and I'm not taking it anymore. It's like, so what do we do? And then they go, get mad. And you're like, why? Right. And you have guys like me and you that'll point out the charlatans, which is doing a service to society. You know, people go, why do you care? They're living rent free. I'm like, because the shepherd points out where the wolf is and I'll try to make it funny. And I'm not jealous. Like, I don't want to be Tucker Carlson. I would never wear a bow tie. Like that's ridiculous. (laughs) Well, 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 Owen, I think the key is, um, I think you you get, get back to what you're saying with the alchemy, right? So 
Um, what's really powerful about farming and also engineering, right? Or actually chemistry in many ways, a lot of farming and engineering, actually farming is really about active chemistry, right? You have to understand. And, so And an engineer, my wife's a, uh, a trained structural engineer. And she's yeah. like all about uh, homesteading. It's like yeah. the engineering starts like working perfectly. Yeah. So engineers have to do something or farmers have to do something that uh, is very real, right? It's where heaven meets earth. You can't sort of bullshit you where a scientist do. Scientists can take a bunch of data and they can fit a line to a curve that can come up with various types of laws they can make up. But engineering, or if you have to farm, right, you have to, it doesn't matter. You can talk all the talk you want, but ultimately, does it work, right? You built a building or, or, or a bridge, right? If you didn't apply the laws of physics, right, it's going to fall apart, right? So engineering and farming are very honest professions because if you write a piece of code and it doesn't work, it didn't work. Or if you build something or build, or an airplane, you say, well, I think an airplane is going to fly like this and it falls out of the sky uh, or you don't get food the next year. It means you did something wrong, right? It's yeah. you, you have to live. You, you have to walk the walk. You have to you're very accountable for your deed for your for your deeds. These other fields, by and large, quote unquote, humanities, right, quote unquote, law, right, are profoundly different because you can BS your way through. And in many of the ancient traditions, they had three types of intelligence to denote this. One intelligence was the intelligence of the instinct, right? Where something came at you or you reacted like an animal, right? It's just action, reaction. The next type of intelligence was this intelligence that they called rational intelligence, where frankly, you could rationalize everything. Lawyers do this all, all, all day long, right? They could take complete evil and make it look like truth. If my client didn't kill his wife, think of the, yeah. Exactly. Right, right. So, but you can, you can, and, and academics do this, you know, this, this academic guy who literally Photoshop pictures of uh, complete Photoshop pictures of Western blots. And for the last 16 years, people thought Alzheimer's was caused by this and it was completely caused by something else. And hundreds of other scientists supported him. $3.2 billion went into it. Nothing's going to happen. Nothing has happened to these people. And then, there, and then there's, so that's the rational intelligence where you can rationalize everything. It's sort of where the devil operates. And then there's something beyond that, which I call intuition, which you get within microseconds, right? Because of the hard work you put in, the actual work where you can look at a system and you can say, that's what's wrong or this is what needs to be done. There's no rationalization. It just comes from within. And that intelligence, in my view, that pure intelligence comes from people actually work with their hands actually have to build something, not from these people manipulating sort of engrams, right? Words. And to your point, that's why I, I do curse. In, and I do believe we should, it's a right curse word at the right time for the right person, because it literally breaks those engrams in people's head. You have to, like you said, hit the mind. You're basically going in as an alchemist and you're breaking that mind. And, but then you have to insert it with a solution. Exactly. Right. If you, you don't, like, you have like 90 seconds. I liked how Sebastian was talking about that. Yeah. It's like a, like a child will be crying and they have like 90 seconds until their mood changes. Yeah. And while the iron is hot, like you'll get something hot, you'll say something. You know, Caitlyn Jenner was woman of the year, but hasn't been a woman for a full year. It's like you have this, this moment <laughs> where people are like, but I should be mad, but that's funny and kind of true. And, you know, and like, because uh, my stand up comedy career, and that's why I have such an advantage in social engineering, even though I'm not nefarious and don't want to control anybody, 
is because I approached it as an engineer. Like my original podcast was called Why Didn't They Laugh, where I would show the same joke in five different crowds and how I would keep tweaking for the laugh. Yeah. Because, because I was all, I've never had victim consciousness. So I'm like, if the joke fails, it's because I didn't do it properly. And so I would show the behind the scenes work of the engineering of what funny is. And a stand up comedian, if they don't laugh, you fail. There is no like, you know, Netflix can change the algorithm and take away thumbs ups and, but, you know, to try and make Amy Schumer look funny. It's like, no, but it's failed though. It's like the plane fell out of the sky. And so, right, right. That's one reason why I can see behind the curtain where they are failing because, like, what you were talking about, like, let's say Elon puts us on and they're trying to hijack people that resonate with us and then they feed them, you know, they're approved, they're authorized. That's why my website's unauthorized.tv. Mm -hmm. You probably relate to that. The, yeah. the unauthorized will, because we'll say true stuff. People go, I resonate with that. Okay, well, here's the fake version, here's the margarine. But people, they're they're starting to develop an immunity to it where they're like, they're almost developing like a visceral hatred for it where mm -hmm. it's like, oh, here we go. You know, it's like, here's the bullshit. And I, I'm very, uh, I'm very optimistic about that. Well, what's, what's it? Yes. Yeah, so, so what's interesting, Owen, so getting back to Elon, right? He is, he has been created because of sort of fascism 1.0 on Twitter since we're, it was you had open just censorship of people, right? We don't like that guy, take him out, right? That's what yeah. Vijay got, got into it. But I think what happened was the Silicon Valley guy said, well, wait a minute, this is, this is too much. It's like, you know, back when the slaves rose up, you just smashed them, right? Um, and, and then people get even more uh, emboldened. So the, this dynamics of evil in many ways has been that I think over time, those in power recognize that First of all, we're going to observe, and this is sort of systems engineering system science. First of all, what is our goal? Our goal is power, profit, and control over these people. That's our goal. Sort of that's sort of in, in engineering system science. There's nine principles. So one is you have to set a goal. So they understand they have to set a goal. Then they have to observe through their sensors what is actually going on. So over time, I think right now, if you look at what Peter Thiel, who basically is the data gathering platform for all of these social media platforms, all of them, ultimately, the data is going to Palantir. And they know from their sensors, they want to achieve power, profit and control. They say, wow, people are wanting to break with the left and the right. People, by and large, are figuring this stuff out. Right. Yeah. There's a right. So in order to control that, the third element of the, the their intelligence systems is called the controller. They see people are breaking away and they need they're using their evil mind to see what do we do now? right? The control system. And they know there are disturbances coming across from them doing that, which are guys like you and me, Owen. Okay. So in order to overcome that, they have to put a new input, which is the other fifth part of this principle into this broad system society. And that input is no longer hammering people, which is what Twitter 1.1.0 did in openly censoring. We're going to bring someone like Elon Musk into it. We're going to present him as some genius, right? Um, present him as a guy who does all these things. And we're going to say that he is going to be a free speech absolutist, right? So they take this, they create part of this dynamic is they're going to create a, a messiah or a false god. And that's part of this dynamic. As they know pe people are rising bottoms up, they will create a false god to yeah. resonate with that rising. But th the purpose of that false god 
is to drive them into an institution that can be controlled. Yeah, they did with Trump too, yeah. They did with Trump. So if you go back to India in, in the 1900s, you had people rising up to have a good revolution against the British. So they literally create a false god called Mahatma Gandhi. I mean, that's a made up name. Mahatma means a great one. It means God. His name yeah, wasn't that. Yeah, yeah. Was he Mohandas? Mohandas K. Gandhi. Same with Martin Luther King. His name was not Martin Luther. No. Right? So his middle name is Mike. Right. His middle. Yeah. So people were rising up in the civil rights movement, poor blacks and poor whites, wanting infrastructure in the inner cities. It was Robert Kennedy, another major scumbag, yeah. Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s father. Who? And by the way, these people have studied this dynamics. So they yeah, took yeah, over yeah. the Southern Nationalist Christian Conference. They find this black bourgeois, you know, who was banging everyone, who was doing a lot of drugs. Um, and, you know, and there's all sorts of a, a litany of things about Martin Luther King, but he was controllable. They elevate him with the I, I have a dream speech. The March on Washington was a circus, as Malcolm X says. It was organized. You see, and then they drive all the masses into their institutions. They never addressed the issue of the infrastructure in the inner cities. They made it about affirmative action, which pitted blacks against whites. In India, they never addressed the issue of the inequities of what the British had done. Mahatma Gandhi's job was to create the Indian National Congress, a nice little safety valve, get all these darkies in there arguing among themselves, and then go from white men with crowns to brown men with white hats. And once, so that is a solution. People need to understand this dynamics. So right now, they know because there are true leaders who are coming bottoms up, people who actually work for a living, like us, and we're pointing these things out. So people are starting to break. So they have to go find an Elon Musk and they have to present him as a free speech fighter. And the guy's never fought for free speech. I didn't see him in 2020. I never saw him in 1978 when we were doing, I never, never saw this guy anywhere. Overnight, he's a free speech absolutist. Come on, the guy can barely talk. And Jim Morrison's dad started vietnam so it's like they, they've been doing this forever it's like yeah so you so you have authentic anti-war people and so admiral morrison was the guy who did the gulf of tonkin incident in vietnam his son so they start the anti-war movement they create this circus about like free love and drugs and so then they never have to address the war it's like i almost feel bad for the evil guys in a way i i don't really but i'm like what a nightmare their life is. They're just constantly creating these chaotic fire events. So no one just looks at the fact that everything's about currency and, you know, like gang wars about making everyone use the dollar, you know? Yeah. But, but, but I think the key thing to understand is what, what we're talking about here, Owen, is that they actually have an engineering okay. process. Masses are rising up. We see the data. Yeah. Boom. Yeah, 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 yeah. Pull out a false god, Messiah in whatever the field it is, create an institution of power where we could bring people there. And then that's a controlled fusion, right? That we can control. So Elon Musk gets brought in. And on, uh, was it, uh, on December, a couple of days before December 2nd, I did an article exposing Musk. I said, this guy, censorship equals surveillance equals Elon Musk. Whether you're in the air, sky, or ground, you're in the world of Elon Musk where, where no one knows where government uh, ends and, and uh, Elon Musk begins. Shortly after that, I'm put on Twitter, right? After two years. Now, why? Why are you on Twitter? The reason I started my own social media and they couldn't get the data. <laughs> right, exactly. And all of us should be doing that. That was the original 
concept of the internet, decentralized, everyone builds their own website, and somehow they built these large platforms and they use the seven deadly sins of laziness and sloth and everyone went to their platforms, right? That was what really happened. But the goal of the, the process here is they want the getting back to the American quote unquote conservative working class, which are the last sort of tip of the spear of fighting for freedom. They want them to sucker them into thinking Musk is their savior. And that was the real purpose of this. So they promoted him. They made invisible our lawsuit. And on October 28th, when Musk is walking in doing his acting show, oh, let this sink in right into Twitter office. The 29th is when I did a post on Facebook where my followers have not, the number has not changed for nearly two and a half years for 508,000 followers. It stays there, right? You have to wonder why. Um, So I put a post that said, Elon, if you're truly about free speech, why don't you take down the backdoor portal that I discovered in my lawsuit? Here's a link to the lawsuit. The next day, Owen, is when The Intercept, the organization founded by Pierre Omidyar, The Intercept, presented to the world as a organization that does investigative journalism. They dropped the story, said, oh, my God, we discovered this backdoor portal run by DHS. Well, there's many more players. And right then, Tucker then amplifies their message. He knew about this back in 2020. We were on the freaking trenches, man, fighting, and we we wanted some air cover. He didn't do anything. When this the is reason a, I know he's full of shit is because he could have, let's say it was an honest mistake. He could have been like, hey, welcome to Dr. Carlson. So it turns out this guy that emailed me was right. Like he would have given you props. You know what I mean? It's all there. The thing is, if you go to yeah. winbackfreedom.com, we have his email. Same with Glenn Greenwald, right? So all these guys are intelligence agency people. And it's hard for people to absorb this, but that is who they are. And the way that you can test this is there is an intelligence agency technique that was developed called the limited hangout, which I learned about back in December. It is a technique where you have a big iceberg and you put a manicured version of a tip of the iceberg because of people's attention span and you hope they don't dig deep. It started out in the Nixon administration. It's on the tapes, right? When Haldeman is talking to Nixon, Nixon says, let's do a limited hangout of the burglary and people forget everything else. So that's what the intercept did. So they put out a little piece of the story, forget about the entire infrastructure we discovered, Tucker amplifies it, Glenn Greenwald amplifies it, and never acknowledge when they both had the data that had they said something in 2020, we could have affected history. Because the bottom line is what you just said, Owen, they have no interest. They just want people to put into learned helplessness and desperation. They just want to pummel people how screwed up the world is, how screwed up the world is, but you can't do anything except listen to me telling you how screwed up the world is. Yeah, yeah, oh, dude, it's so true, man. You say it's such a mind control technique and also the false savior that never comes, you know? Right. I I started to realize that the more the savior doesn't come, the more people believe in it. Yeah. It's really weird. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. I think World War II, they really revolutionized mind control because I think uh, uh, Hitler is very similar to like Martin Luther King Jr. and these other guys. Like there's an authentic, scientific, incredible revolution happening and in Germany, you know, you had uh, Victor Schoberger and all these guys and and the working class was not into the war that they just had. And they're starting to realize that, you know, everybody in World War One were like first cousins that just fought each other and everyone died for no reason. And so then they roll out the clowns, the boot boys and mean Mr. Mustache, and then they control it. And I think what really came out of World War Two was mind control where they're like, 
I don't know what happened in those camps, but I think that there were some experiments and it wasn't what we're told. I think it was more like, how do you get someone to break? How do you exhaust them? How do you give them false hope? How do you get them to say four lights or three lights, you know? And, and I think that that's when war really shifted from, you know, just blowing each other's brains apart until these like false gods. And, you know, I think the engineering of the human mind in the 40s, and now we're seeing like, uh, you know, cause even if you follow the money, it's like a lot of these Nazis won. It's like so many corporations are owned by the same yeah. holding companies that were the Nazi families. And so then you Dude. question what war even yeah, is. It is just real allocation of resources. You know, it gets pretty interesting. I say, Oh, you have to, what are, what are you trying to share? It's okay. I wanted to share something with Owen here. I'm not sure why I can't share this, but, um, Owen, I think the 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 dynamics here were that they have gotten it, it down to a science to yeah. literally create a false god. So that's what they had to do with Elon Musk. And then what he's done is he's taken all these conservatives, brought them back on Twitter, right? Thinking that they have this free world right now. But they're and they've let guys like you back, you and I back on, but it's very, very controlled. I noticed in December, and I think I, sh I may have shared that graph last time, that I first got on, I said, Elon, why don't you make me CEO, right? That went viral. I think it got like 20 million views with about 500,000 impressions per day. Subsequently, I said, Elon, are you going to take down the backdoor portal that we discovered? Here's a lawsuit. Here's a lawsuit. And you could see the views start tanking every month that I escalated my attacks on him, started being pretty vicious against him because trying to again break people's engrams you can see that the uh, the impressions went from four four hundred thousand down to three hundred thousand down to twenty thousand right yeah, right so so you can see this inverse thing so it's basically putting people in digital cages managing them and then as i shared is we have people who are in our movement who started getting stuff from people who we're completely exposing so the idea is all your followers now you, you can build a profile, as I said, of all of Owen's followers, all of Shiva's followers. Who are these people? Oh, isn't it interesting? They're all into farming. They're in, I mean, you can build that, right? And then you go I've to all- I've seen attacks. I know that some of the attacks on me have been engineered. They're like, oh, this, because Reddit pages will do profiles on your followers. Oh, they're really into Christianity. They're really into this. Oh, well, let's take little clips of Owen making fun of uh, religion and then hyper-focus it. And for some reason, I'm not a lot on YouTube, but everyone who hates me that does clips of me is a lot on YouTube. And so I say always trying to break authentic following. That's why it's just important to keep an authentic connection, the post office, you know, meetups, right. You know, being genuine, building that trust because we will win. I mean, because they don't actually have it. And they're like these shadow people. Right. Like, how do you think they communicate? I mean, uh, you mean, actually, how do they communicate? Yeah. Like, how do you think, do you think Elon's just like an actor or like, how I do you think they get their scripts. Well, well, you, 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 you were out. Wait, wait, you were out in LA, right? Owen. Yeah. Okay. So I think it's a swarm, just like we're talking about self-organizing systems. I think they are, their communication is in a similar way, right? It's basically, do you want to be in that club? It's like that swarm of birds moving around that you may see. Yeah. And if you don't play, so look at this contradiction here. This freaking guy, Robert F. And Kennedy, has a big party. Robert at his... F. Kennedy, that's great. Yeah, that's what it should. That's what we should call him. I call him Booby 
the bullshitter, okay? Because all these people don't know him. They start calling him Bobby, Bobby. Like, are you fucking serious? This guy doesn't care about you. He doesn't know you. And then you're creating this mythos as though he's your friend, okay? These people at his party wear masks back in the day. No, right? he had a party at his home, not back in the day, in December 21st, 2022. Everyone is ordered to be vaccinated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay? And then he blames his wife. Now, how many people, sincere people, took a principled stand against the mRNA vaccine? And some of them had seriously contentious relationships. In fact, some people broke. But here's a guy who claims he's against medical freedom, the outer actor, ah, talking all this shit, okay? I hate this guy, man. I really do, because I think he's pure evil. <laughs> and I'll talk about it. But internally in his home, there's medical tyranny. Medical freedom for, I'll talk about it, but in, because he has to appease supposedly his wife, right? Supposedly they have- His wife, does, his wife won't give him authority. Why would I? Like, those are the questions I'd ask. Right. And his wife is going to be then in the White House. Your woman. Yeah. You can't stand up to your woman, but you're going to stand up to world leaders. Right. And he's going to be in the, and his wife will be then in the White House. So what kind of house is that going to be? Right. Yeah. Who's running this thing? Is it the guy we elected or someone else? So that's a contradiction. Now, what's interesting, Owen, is when in 2020, when I was really getting involved in the medical freedom movement, moving to this guy, is that I noticed all these really wealthy, bougie women in New York were funding this guy a shitload of money. Oh, Bobby's fighting for us. And many of them vaccinated their kids and they have guilt, right? So they want yeah, to give him, right? So they want, yeah, that's what it is. So they give him money. And this guy, when in January of 2020, there's a huge demonstration that we helped organize in, in New Jersey. And we made it very militant, right? We got people really angry. And the Congress people in Trenton got so afraid they didn't pass the bill. Kennedy comes in and he tells people, oh, Shiva's uh, going to you know, upset everyone. Because these people do not want these organic, authentic, bottoms-up, angry movements. They want to control so they can do backroom deals. And that's when all the lights went off. And I said, this guy has been sitting on this freaking movement. Nothing he's done has ever worked. And here we win there. So then I started connecting the dots and you find out this guy's endorsed Hillary Clinton, not once, not twice, not three times. Yet he runs water keepers, which is supposedly to stop poisoning the waters. Here he's over supporting Miss Monsanto, whose campaign head was, you know, pro uh, from Monsanto, one of the directors there. He also, Hillary Clinton was pro, rabidly pro vaccine mandate in 2016, endorses her. Then in 2020, he comes to Massachusetts and endorses his nephew, raises money for him with, you'll see uh, all those Hollywood people, right? And the guy's pro rabid vaccine mandates. Now you put this out there and people are like, well, that was then. And maybe he said that then. There's a video where he says, I am vaccine. I, am, I, I believe we need policies for full vaccination of all Americans. It's like, what the fuck? He's saying this. Yeah, totally. And then in the next nine minutes of the video, he rails on the government being so corrupt. Oh, the government is corrupt. The CDC. OK, well, he just said he wants full vaccination. Government is corrupt. We need safe vaccines. And who's going to do it? These same government officials who you just railed against. I mean, the level of contradictions that people accept goes down to the heart of this issue of what is evil. To me, evil is people who do not walk the walk. And, and, big and, they have gotten away with convincing the broad masses of people, it's okay that I say this and I'm going to do something else. And you're just going to still bow down to me. 
to me, that's the alchemy that they're playing. So I, it took me about seven hours, uh, Owen, to do this tweet I did. It's an eight-threaded tweet. I said, okay, this guy says this. Look at this video. Then for 10 minutes, he says the government is corrupt. And then he ends by saying he's still pro-vaccine. And he vaccinated all of his kids, all six of his children, 60 times. Now, okay, so you can reconcile that. Okay, if you can reconcile that, can you then reconcile he had a big party at his home where everyone had to be jabbed? Okay, if you can still reconcile that, can you reconcile that he endorsed Hillary Clinton three times and his nephew? Okay, if you can still reconcile that, can you reconcile the fact that he believes people who are climate change skeptics should be thrown in jail? And he supported strict lockdowns like Fauci. And he made money, right? So the contradictions and the people's acceptance, uh, Owen, to me, that is the perpetration of evil and people's acceptance of these overt contradictions. Yeah, and people just got to own it. It's not a big deal. Like it's, what, what, one thing that I keep seeing is some, like somebody will do something that they find embarrassing, but they won't just own it. So then they try to normalize the horrible thing. Yeah. It's like, no, just admit it. You shouldn't get hammered and make an ass of yourself. It's like, I was having a good time, man. I had a rough week. Yeah. You know? And it's, and it's like that extrapolated out to everything where it's like, I think Clinton, it really started kicking into gear with the Lewinsky thing when not only wasn't it bad, it's fine. You know, and then you're like, okay, so now the entire the entire world starts normalizing every single level. And that's what I'm trying to reverse right now. I'm like, people talk about because I think a nation's morality is where a lot of their wealth is. Yeah. You know, that, and their honesty and their authenticity and not being a scumbag. And it's like if people just give everyone free passes. And now, if Robert Kennedy said publicly, yes, I did that. It was really stupid. Like my first two kids were vaccinated. And so I got really into raw milk. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not a big deal. Everybody does shit. Right. You know, I was like, I was insisting on it. We didn't even uh, have proper health care at the time. And they were like, it's 1500 bucks a jab. And I'm like, we got to raise the money. We got to keep our kids safe. <laughs> you know? And now looking back, it's obviously a bad move, but I'm not like guilty about it. I'm like, right. okay, I had bad information. I made a decision based on loving my children. So now what do we do? Well, I hear raw milk is great. Let's really get them outside. Now they're the healthiest kids ever. It's like, it, you just got to own it, you know, it, but people will be like, no, I was never wrong. That's where evil really lies. I see that, too, where no one because my, my quote is I might be wrong, but I'm not lying. Yeah. Their quote is I might be lying, but I'm not wrong. Right. So it's the inverse. And I will never admit that I was doing either. Right. Right. Exactly. exactly. Right. Like, so, 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 oh, and go back to Clinton. So I had this very interesting experience in 19, was it 1993 or I think it was 1993 so long ago now, but. I was running a company, uh, you know, I won this for my PhD work. I was doing a lot of stuff in pattern analysis and I just won this contest to analyze email, right? It was done for the Clinton White House. Okay, then we grew that to, it was just a MIT contest that was held, right? So what's interesting is after I start this company, many years later, um, we're running this company, you know, because we start a company to help customer service when email comes into websites, our technology would analyze email. So instead of this poor slob going through 100 emails a day, right, our technology would figure out the email and propose a response, right? So and it do it, it basically so they it would it was it was customer support technology. Anyway, so one of my board members, a guy called Larry Weber, you can look him up. Larry's a big donor to the Democrats. Um, and 
he said, Shiva, I'm going to meet John Kerry. And I was in D.C. and he was in D.C. And he said, would you like to come? I go, OK, let me go see what this fool's about. So we go to John Kerry's house and John Kerry, some people may know, he, uh, he, he I'll tell you how foolish he is. You'll, you'll see how dumb this guy is. So Kerry basically bankrupted his first wife and and uh, destroyed. Huh? Is it the Heinz lady? No, no, no. His first wife, he ran for office, completely bankrupted her, used all of her money and won his first office, right, for senator. Then he married Teresa Heinz from the Heinz ketchup family. So anyway, we go to his house, which is in D.C., and it's all these huge paintings, you know, all this artwork. And it's obviously his wife's home. So we're hanging out there, in, uh, and Clinton walks in, okay, Un, uh, unannounced. And this is at the height of the Monica Lewinsky thing you were just talking about. Remember, he's yeah. in the press, the cigar incident, right? All that stuff is out there. And then eight of us are invited to have dinner uh, in Carrie's little downstairs little place. And it's a very interesting group. It's people like Eric Schmidt from, uh, what is it, Google at the time? Uh, the guy who's running Yahoo. Uh, very interesting people. I was sort of this outsider was just invited, right? But anyway, Clinton goes around the table and we but we were all Internet pioneers. And he says, hey, I believe we can use the Internet. It's 93, 94 for campaigning. I'd like to hear you guys talk about how we can use this technology. So people went around and I shared some very interesting ways you could combine email with the Internet. Right. So we talk about this. And so at the end of this conversation, what I saw, what this guy had figured out. So this. He had heard everything go around and he said, oh, Dr. Shiva has something very interesting to say. He goes, so what you're telling me is I can use the Internet for having these one on one conversations through email. He goes, I get it. But his quote unquote brilliance was he was able to take this vast amount of knowledge and distill it to the essential piece. And that's what he was doing with the Monica Lewinsky thing. He knew no matter what occurred. He, his evil, rational mind had figured out that all he had to keep saying was, I did not have sex with that woman, right? That was his legal way out, whatever he defines sex to be. So that is the rationalized mind. That's the evil piece. They, they figure out their way out of something. And that's all he kept doing, if you notice, right? What is, remember when they have him on the, on the, the deposition, they go, he goes, what is that? Like, what do you mean that? Like, he starts questioning, what does that mean? Right. I know what you, uh, yeah, what is is. What is is. Yeah, what is is. Uh, so, so, but you could see, to your point, the morality of using the, the mind in its more wicked ways to take a very complex situation where you were clearly at fault and figuring out this one little thing that you could use from a legal alchemy to get out. Yeah, picture Clinton with all you guys at a table. He's like, I hear you guys developed the internet. He's like, so how can I send everyone my dick? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's all he cares about. Well, well so funny at it, though. It's so funny. Some, no, but, but, but Owen, let me finish getting back to Kerry. Let me right. finish this joke. Yeah. So, at the, so what happens is, so in the middle of this conversation, remember, there's a very small group. There's only one woman there, right? I think, she, um, yeah. so he, remember, everyone, some people may not remember that you can go read about it, the lewd things that Clinton did with a cigar with Monica Lewinsky. OK, so anyway, stupid Kerry, you know, he's in his he goes, OK, now that we finished dinner, anyone who wants to have some wine and some cigars can do that. And the whole room becomes quiet. And Clinton, without a, without a 
any loss. He goes, and any women who want to have cigars can also have them. Right. So that showed that he didn't care. He had figured his way out. And and then Kerry goes to his drawer and he pulls out cigars and they're all Cuban cigars. I don't smoke. Right. And basically, which is basically illegal cigars from Cuba, which they're also attacking all day long. Right. So that's a level of contradiction these people live in. And they've gotten away with this evil of convincing all the peasants that we get to say this and we don't have to do this. And you will also accept the fact that we live in contradiction. And that's what the evil of a guy like Kennedy is or an Elon Musk is or a fucker Carlson. They are from the silver spooned class. And this is their evil that if we can break through this in, in an accelerated way, Owen, it's much faster Owen, we can save a lot of suffering. Because when you really look at the suffering, let me, I wanted to share this one graph with you, Owen. Can I uh, share this one I graph? Know, I, I don't know how to do the share. I try. Oh, you can't. Okay. So you just make, okay. But if, but there's a very interesting graph. I'll describe it. So this single graph I'm says. opposite of an Indian technically. <laughs> <laughs> like, dude, by the way, I just got to tell you this. So, so, uh, some, some, whenever somebody says like, oh, I, uh, I, I called customer service and I talked to this Indian. I'm like, I'm friends with the Indian that created customer service. Yeah. Well, do you ever see that? Do you ever see the Russell uh, Peters one? No, was yeah, it him? I gotta, yeah. I eventually, eventually you call. He was saying, okay, so we outsource everything to India. And eventually they bring back stuff to the U.S. And someone, <laughs> this is Mahatma Gandhi or something, right? They yeah, put on an accent, right? So, right? Because the people start having, anyway. But I think the, 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 the cool thing that we have an opportunity to do, I think guys like us and others, if we can educate people on this dynamics of evil, it's really a system dynamics of evil. You see where people are coming. You have all this data, mechanistic data. You then create a false God for that situation and you drive them to an institution they can control. And this is what the Kennedys did. I mean, the freaking Kennedys, they smear everyone. They've made John Kennedy appear as though he's this great, Lord, when the guy is the one who started Vietnam, he made everyone be communist, start, got us into a nuclear war. He's the one who created offshore tax havens for the super wealthy. And if you look at it, they created this martyrdom out of him and they always created a camera pictures to make him Camelot. But he's the one who signed the 1962 Vaccination Act, which was based on a 1915 old model of the immune system. Okay, so you could say, okay, he was dumb. Then his brother, Ted Kennedy and uh, Waxman, create the National Vaccine Injury Program, which absolves all the big pharma companies. So instead of getting rid of this old outdated act, which basically said one size fits all medicine, that they created another institution of power called under Health and Human Services, a vaccine court. I just, it's not whether it's beyond pro or anti-vax. I want people to understand this dynamic. So instead yeah, yeah, yeah. of instead yeah. of like you said admitting they were wrong, they created another corrupt institution, and then all these angry parents are funneled into this their controlled area, and they only get maybe two hundred fifty k liability. Then this other fool, Robert Kennedy, comes along, was a heroin addict, right? And then to absolve him of his sins, he said, was, "Wasn't he? Looked droopy. That that makes sense." I didn't know that, but anyway, he then he starts Water Keepers, which he really didn't start; someone else did. And then they get him into being a medical freedom. It's like only the Kennedys always get branded as the people come from above and are going to save the masses. Right. And what does he do? He talks a good game. 
but he wants safe vaccines from the same people who are going to who created these corrupt institutions. So this is a contradiction, Owen, that I believe is our mission to break people out of this recurrent process of accepting duplicity and one rule for them and another rule for you. And you should just accept that. Oh, Bobby had to do that because at the time he had to do that. At the time he had to say that. Well, freaking at the time he had to say that, is he going to actually pay any penance for all the damage that he caused? You say, and and yeah, it's all about the people accepting it too. I got a funny Russell Peters story. So yeah, but Russell tours a lot in the Middle East, and so he gets access to some of these royal families, and they have, and so one of the royal families telling the story on Leno, and I know Russell; he's a good dude. He's yeah, yeah, he's story. a good guy. Yeah, um, he's telling this story on uh, Leno about how he's in a basement of one of these uh, kings' mansions, and they're shooting gold-plated machine guns and all this shit. And the king calls him like freaking out, like, buddy, come, what did you do? And I, I point that out to people that that because I, I point out uh, a lot of these countries have less tolerance for hypocrisy. And I'm like, yeah, a lot of the guys at the top are hypocrites, but the people don't accept it. So this trillionaire king is spiraling because the people hadn't broke yet and been like, oh, yeah, you don't get the you don't have to file Sharia, but we all have to. And I try to tell that to people. I'm like, in America, don't let them get away with stuff. Like if they, and I think sometimes they like to rub rub our nose in it. Like they almost commit crimes just to show that they can and get away with it. Like the cigar thing where, you know, with, with a population that accepts the rules for thee, not for me. Exactly. Kind of are a slave. Like there's no real. Yes. And there are countries that don't accept that. And I know that. You know, there's corrupt royal families, especially in areas of the Middle East and all that. But they they hide it like they they can't just flaunt it in your face. And there is a real demoralization to when they do it in front of you. Like it's one thing. It's one thing like let's say you suspect someone's cheating on you versus they show up at your party with someone else. It's yeah. like that's another level, you know. Yeah. My uncle many, many years ago, a lot of my uncle went to uh, Saudi Arabia. He was brought there to be a surgeon there, you know, many years ago, one of my uncles. Um, what's interesting is he said that alcohol is not allowed there, right? But people wouldn't yeah. flaunt it. Apparently, when you wanted alcohol, you would call the ambulance, okay? <laughs> the ambulance would bring you the alcohol, right? Yeah, but yeah. what you're saying is, is important, Owen, because I think the boldness and the temerity of the U.S. elites is, fuck you, we're just going to do whatever the hell we want. And you yeah. and they have brainwashed the average American to say, oh, well, he had to do that because fill in the blank. Yeah, and I think even the elite, like, I think they're so advanced that they use, not like they're smart, but they have this one dumb psychopathic game down. Right. Where they roll out fake elites like Elon Musk. Right. Just in case the peasants freak out. Because back in the day, you know, some of my Irish friends were telling me, they're like, oh, you know, the. The king will come out raping and killing everybody until people get pissed off enough and take their fucking head. You know, and I'm like, they've almost set up these liability shields where if people get pissed off enough, they just take out actors. Right. You know, like right. the guys behind the scenes are like, you know, I had this weird thought about that's like what the Rothschild thing really is, like Red Shield, like almost like they're puppets. Because everybody, a lot of conspiracy people think the Rothschilds that like control the world. I'm like... I don't know. I don't think everybody would be talking about the people that actually control stuff. I think a lot of times those are liability shields. We're like, if people get pissed off enough, it's like, 
you know, send out the clowns. I don't know though. That's why I focus. Well, on, I, I, on I, I think, I think the issue is a lot of the, those people try to point it at one point. The, those in power are really more of a swarm. It's not in any, it's, it's sort of just like we talk about a self-organizing system. They too are yeah, self-organized. They're decentralized in a number of places and it's more of a consciousness. And I think once right. we start viewing this as consciousness, it's easier to combat it. And the consciousness that needs to be raised here is people, I think, ultimately seeing, do they have respect for themselves? And I think then that, that goes to people starting to acknowledge, do they value the work that they do? Do they walk the walk? And if you're walking the walk and, 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 and you're doing those things, then why are you allowing these people who actually say this and they do this? And I mean, I mean, oh, and the reason I decided to run for president was this, right? I said, okay, you have these people for over and over again. I know the plight of the working class. Are you fucking serious? How does Robert Kennedy know the plight of anything? I mean, he lives in Malibu, right? He plays with his Falcons, right? Like old Kings and, or, I mean, think about it. I mean, these people do, but the fact that they say that, they say they're over here and they understand the plight of everyone and they are going to help people, right? It's such a, such a deep contradiction. And because of that contradiction, you can see that they have basically come to the position that I can say whatever the hell I want and the people will just accept it. And ha, 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 ha. What, and, and I think this is deeply ingrained to them. When I was out in uh, Hollywood, right? the person I was with would say the masses are asses. And she actually believed that. Now think about that. That means deep down, they believe people are stupid and this is what they can do over and over and over again, that it's okay. They have this huge disdain for humanity. Yeah. It's really deep, man. It's like people- I won't let that creep in. I've had mild elements of cynicism almost creep in and I've recognized it and stopped it. Like, I don't even use the word masses. No, I don't like to. What I'm saying is, but that's the oh, word no, that you're quoting them. No, yeah. I, yeah. I, I felt it like during the lockdown, when I, like when I'm seeing people put masks on their kid's face and putting bubbles and stuff, like I had this little whisper and that's why it's important just to not accept these whispers of being like these fucking people, they need to be controlled. And then I'm like, no, no, that's evil. Like that's mm -hmm. like that's that's a thought that I've had where and a lot of times it's fake. Like um, like if you're on Twitter a lot and you'll just see you should die. You're dumb. I hate you. You're a piece of shit. You've lost your mind. You're like like one of my theories was Elon let me on Twitter just so that I, I would accept like, uh, you know, subjugating people. But I won't. I, I, I now assume it's usually a bot mm -hmm. or someone's misdirected because it's almost made me more optimistic. Cause I'm just like, I try to see the, you know, that whole namaste thing where the divinity in me recognizes the divinity in you. Like, yeah. I try to see the, the spark in people, no matter how what, like far away it is, because I know the evil wants us to look at people as, you know, like cows. And I'm really fortunate. That, that's that, that mechanistic world uh, view. Yeah. Oh, and like that's actual yeah. cows. I work right. with them all the time. They right. view us just like that. Right. You know, that's why I got to send you this video of me with the goats where it's like, you know, I'm like, I get the blonde goat. I tell her we're going to make America great again. I get the black goat. I tell them like, we're going to black lives matter. I, I put them in debt around the neck. I give them pornography in their dish and I castrate the ones that I, I tell them they're brave and beautiful. I'm like, I'm showing people. I'm like, the mechanized worldview, you are a cattle to them. Right. We're not cattle. And we can act like animals, but it's a choice. 
and we can always choose out of that. And that's why I love talking to you about this stuff because it really is a system thing. It's like bees don't choose to make the hive. It's like the way they're vibrating makes the hive. And that's why conspiracy can get weird because it you, you know that they don't get like a memo, like kind of like what I asked about how they communicate. Like the swarm is how it is. It's a swarm communication. It's basically- yeah, the you know, signals. It's like it, it's, signals. Yeah, it's, it's signaling that's done on their own intuitive, you know, this, uh, it's, it's a swarm. It's the, the, they are, it's not, it's any one ant you step away. It's the entire ant hill. Like yeah. now there are certain points in that network. I don't know if you saw this story with this guy, you know, you know, that guy, Ari Emanuel, right? The big agent who runs, yeah, yeah. right. Complete. Spraying down Elon. Did you see that photo of him? Spraying down yes. Elon, like, now, now check, check this out. A little story came out. I, a lot of people ignored it, but it said Ari Emanuel, to people who don't know, Ari Emanuel is a big agent. His brother is Rahm Emanuel, who was Obama's chief of staff, right? And who was the mayor of uh, Chicago, right? Now, Ari Emanuel was the head of, uh, what is it? Uh, what's that big, starts with a W? Uh, William Morris. William okay. Morris. Yeah. And William Morris pretty much is a handler of most of the big Hollywood uh, actors, comedian, whatever you want to put. They became yeah. Endeavor. They changed their name. So they own the Hollywood theater, Ari Emanuel. He also owns UFC, Joe Rogan, that yeah. doofus, right? And then this article was saying they had just bought WWE from Vince McMahon. So think about from a platform architectural engineering perspective, he's got Hollywood, yeah. he's got UFC boxing, and now he's got worldwide wrestling entertainment. So different things for different states of consciousness. Exactly. But now you go to the fourth layer, political theater. It turns out Ari Emanuel was Trump's agent. <laughs> Dude, my agent was Hillary Clinton's agent. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. And I remember this is when politics really started breaking down. But America. I'm saying they own political theater, Hollywood theater, boxing oh, theater. Yeah, and my agent, but one guy. My agent, my old agent, who's now this mega like hedge fund guy. He was repping Hillary Clinton and he was so excited and he was like, cool. I used to get along with these guys. You know, I like their chutzpah, but at the end of the day, they are misrepresenting themselves. And I saw that they were structuring a pretty fucked up society, but he was like, I, I think I can sign Mike Huckabee. And I'm like, aren't they enemies? And I just was like, <laughs> oh, this is fake. Like you guys are structuring mythology. Right. Like, so my agent who is like, used to be Hillary's aide when he was like in college, and then becomes, and he was like, cool. He's like funny, chutzpah, all this stuff. But it's all fake. It's like, so I'm, I'm like, wait a minute. So, but Mike Huckleby is supposed to be like the red team. Like, don't they hate each other? It's almost like when, when, uh, what's his name? Brett Favre went to uh, Minnesota. Everyone's like, I remember being like, I thought they were enemies. And it's like, oh no, this is all completely fake. And so I think they are just creating myths to control people. Yeah, yeah. And I, yeah, yeah, Owen, it's basically they own they have read, you know, people like Joseph Campbell's work. They know the power of archetypes and myths that are within us, right? They know this alchemy. So now they've created, I mean, one guy, in this case, it is one guy, Ari Emanuel, and they were going to put, get this. So you have Trump, whose agent is Ari Emanuel. So it's a direct connection. And they were going to put uh, Elon to be on the board of Endeavor, who he's spraying down, right? Yeah. And... You have Trump saying that he would do anything for Ari Emanuel, quoting like this guy is I'll do anything for him. And in fact, he wanted him in the White House. So I think what people need to understand is this is a swarm of 
of people who are very, very close knit. And, and the experience you find, it's not about left versus right. There's all this is theater. It's freaking theater. Yeah, I mean, you go from, I remember when I was uh, in Malibu, Kennedy's other brother had this event at his house and they brought this other doofus in, Sadhguru, you know, the guy with the turban and the beard. <laughs> and I'm like, this guy's a fucking idiot. And all these people are, oh, he's talking. I said, he's not saying anything. He's like yeah, a yeah. fool. Okay. So all these people think, you know, because he's got the beard and the turban, he's saying anything. But you could see his existence, the Hollywood actors who bow down him because they have no spirituality, anything they've, they've had done work on themselves. They have to go to this idiot. Right. But it's one big cluster swarm of the same set of people. And I think they basically remember the Bugs Bunny cartoon, the, the coyote and the, the sheepdog check in, ding, ding. Okay, and then they go at each other, and then they go back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I think there's nothing. It's that simple, man. It's nothing that different. And I think the masses actually are brought in, and they have different now theaters for them. Okay, you can watch overblown WWE. You can get UFC. You can get Hollywood, or you can get political theater. And that's why I think Trump's whole indictment, this thing with – I think Kennedy's being engineered. This is my view. He's – being engineered to be the next president. And that's why I consider him very dangerous. And I think he needs to be absolutely exposed. When I started exposing him, Owen, back in 2020, you know what the guy did? I mean, this is what he said that I run a vaccine manufacturing company. I got so under his thing, he went completely and that I'm in bed with Bill Gates. And he said that uh, I work with the Clintons. I mean, just blatant Hitlerian big lies. Those people lie all the time. No, but I'm saying the lies that they do are so egregious Yeah. that, and I, I try to sue the guy for 95 million and we, he's been evading service, hiding away. We're still going to go get him. But the point is that these guys have learned this technique of blatantly lying, never having to ever be responsible for what they do. And, can, and then the set of people actually start supporting them. And I think this is what the dynamics of evil are. Yeah. And the bigger the lie, the more people go along with it because or the more effective it is because they, like, what if they're wrong? You know, that's why they'll do some of these manufactured events to get the heartstrings going because you don't want to be the one that questions something if there's victims, you know, because a lot of, so if somebody says you are literally creating vaccines with Bill Gates, it just creates that little shadow of doubt uh, and that's why they go so big with their lies. Like the things people say about me are fucking cr I haven't left my farm for more than 12 hours in over three years. I like, see. I live one of the most boring, like, <laughs> like normal lives ever. I have no secrets, like nothing. And so people have to literally be like, oh, he's secretly. And because they, they, they need that slander. Like they can't just fight your ideas. They have to fight the person, like the ad hominem. Right. And hopefully people are seeing it. I don't know. What do you think? Do you think people are starting to see the mechanism? Well, I, so so I have this view. Go back to the thing we we're talking about, the concept of the mechanistic world and this yeah. notion of a thought, you know, can change the world. I think the, the reality, Owen, is this, that if you look at this iPhone, right, that we all use and this stuff, this thing just didn't come into being. Okay. Yeah. And so, so it's a very deep question you're asking. So if you look at your life and you look at where we're right this moment, it's a slice of a long movie 
that goes back millennia, right, to your parents and their parents and all. I mean, you, you could do a whole movie that brought Owen Benjamin right here and, and the thing that brought me at this point, right? So if you consider all of that, in that journey that we went through, our consciousness went through a process where we've come to the position where we realize that we need to actually organize something. That is part of that wave of consciousness. Yeah. So when Steve Jobs made one of these, this didn't just happen. Think about the amount of millennia of things that took place to form this iPhone, okay? You had to figure out transistors worked. You had to figure out how to create ceramic glass. You had to figure out user interfaces and miniaturization. I mean, and then one individual, because of his state of consciousness, decides to compel all these energies together, if you think it was Jobs, whoever, right? To organize, to create this, right? But that's a movement of consciousness. Now, if we're saying like, to answer your question, can we fundamentally change the world? Well, how does that occur? Well, one theory is, well, it'll just, you oppress people enough and it'll just occur, bullshit. What is shown is you oppress people, they get more oppressed. So yeah, exactly. our life journeys bring us to a point where we have to say, okay, what do we do? What is to be done? And that what is to be done leads you to a point, well, okay, because of the journey I took, because of the sacrifices others made, and because of that effort, I have been able to capture this knowledge. And that knowledge of system science, which is what, we're what I'm uh, coming to the conclusion, leads us to the fact that we must actively now self-organize that thing that we want it to occur. Yes. You see? So once you understand there is a self-organizing system, how can you raise consciousness? Right? Because now we understand that is a dynamic. And our goal is truth, freedom, and health. Their goal is power, profit, and control. So for power, profit, and control, they create false gods. They watch what we're doing, and they want to create this mechanistic world. Well, my life brings me to a point I want truth, freedom, and health for myself and others. So what is the organizing principle I want? Well, you ultimately have to teach people about this system dynamics. They don't want to teach people the system dynamics because if they do, the genie's out of the bottle. So I think the goal... Owen, is to teach people this dynamics. And so that's why when I was thinking about this, I said, okay, we have to teach people in a very simplified way, the system science, right? We have to build a community, right? You have, that's why many of the people from our last video that came from the bear, your bear community, awesome people, man. They're like totally in resonance with, with this. It's like, you don't even have to, sometimes we get wacky people coming this crazy conspiracy. Like you have to deal with this really weird matter yeah. The matter that came from you, the people that were listening to us were totally in resonance. So the goal is we have to consciously organize or be the catalyst. We can't organize, be the catalyst. So the self-organizing principle comes in for truth, freedom and health. And that means that. So what does that mean? That means we have to talk about the system's dynamics. What you're talking about in your way, you're breaking the engrams. I do it in a different way. Right. So you have to once you were afforded all this knowledge, you have a big duty now to serve. And that service comes in like just like this was created. You have to actually organize a movement. It's not just going to. And, and those in power know this. So the movement they're organizing. Is a movement of automatons. Their end goal is depopulation. Ultimately, whether you look at it whatever way you want, their end goal is more for them, less for everyone else. Right. And so one of the curves that I have is if you go back to 1980 till today, so I can't do that, but imagine an axis like this and the Y axis is life expectancy, right? I mean, ultimately living 
forget about long life, but living healthy, I would ascribe is, is, is one outcome of if this whole matrix is working well. So in that graph, there's individual gray lines for Japan, right? Over the last 60 years, how their life expectancy is going up or Germany or et cetera, or US. And then they average all of these life expectancy and you get this sort of 70 degree line like this, okay? You look at the United States since 1980, it was going like this and now it's going like this. It is the only industrialized country which is going the other direction. Now, what's so powerful about that graph is it exposes all of these people left and right all the way from the beginning. So you look at this graph and you say, I don't care what you say, this is what you've delivered. It's like you can talk all you want, but this is what you delivered. It doesn't matter. And so that graph to me, uh, Owen, behind that line is all the system dynamics of veterans coming back from wars who have PTSD, who one a veteran with PTSD affects 100 people in their communities, creates stress. That's the chickens coming home to roost with all the imperialist wars these guys started. Then you have the big pharma, you have the big ag. It's not any one thing. It's not vaccines. It's, not, it's the elite's policy. The policies that they've done, whether through actual harm or just selfishness, has resulted in a graph. Every other country is going like this. We're going like this. It's black and white. So that's what I want to hammer on. Like, I don't care what the fuck you say. Look at this graph. Explain this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you see, like, yeah. Like Missouri, Missouri's uh, state motto is the show me state. I always like that because it's like, well, show me. It's like what you say doesn't matter. Look at like people are dying, you know, and, and that's where the sophistry is really, uh, really hitting people. I'm glad you like the Bears. Though. Yeah, they're they're a group of people that that are productive and optimistic. And there's almost no victim consciousness in the community, which is probably why a comedian was good at making this community because like the hammering and the jokes I do, because no sacred cows, uh, you know, that's why various groups have tried to latch on to me. Like, Oh, you're going to fight my enemy. I'm like, I don't have it, dude. I, I make fun of everybody. And so if you get through that, then <laughs> yeah. that means you don't have this like cancerous ego. That's like, Oh, how dare you? Right. And those are some high quality people. And so that's why I try to uh, lower people's dependency where people are saying, do not comply. We, and I know the power of rhetoric. So I said, do not rely. Uh -huh. I like how it rhymes. And then it actually transmits their little phrases where it's like, instead of a hill to die on, oh, this is my hill to die on. It's like, what's your hill to grow on? Uh -huh. The consciousness, you have to make it. Right. And I say, you only control what you create. You know, do not rely. Because if, if you rely, you have to comply. Mm -hmm. But if you don't rely, it's your choice. And so then we just, you know, persistence is fertile. Not mm -hmm. resistance is futile. And I know... That's the maybe the black rapper in me why Yay likes me, but I love those words. I love those little rhymes and that alliteration and stuff like that because that really hammers it home. Well, the thing is, Owen, what you just said, it takes, you talked about engineering, to come to these words, to put them in these very small packets of knowledge and consciousness is not something that occurs overnight. It requires yeah. a tremendous amount of hard work because what we're trying to do is to get the right words in, in, in a framework that really compels other people to go through this process faster. And to me, that is, you know, engineering of this is that engineering process. You're trying to put stuff together with the knowledge that we were afforded in such a way that you can advance this faster. Because the faster you do this, you, you lessen suffering, right? These guys don't want the, the suffering curve to go down. They don't care. That curve that I'm talking to you about is fundamentally what exposes they do not care. They do not care they about want pe people to die. Right? They want people to die because how and, and the every since every other nation sort of follows the U.S., 
that curve is a pattern that is going to occur everywhere. Now, Jay Forrester was one of the leading guys in the world. He died in 99. He came from Missouri, in fact, Nebraska. I'm sorry. He's a professor at MIT. Very, he was one of the fathers of system science. And back in the, I think, 2000, they had done this whole system dynamics curve. Now, I don't know if this was engineering or projection, but so one of the curves that they have is they have the death rates from 1990 going down. And right around 2023, it starts going up like this. That was a prediction done in 2000. All right, so death rates come down and they go like that. Now, is that engineering or is it prediction? You see what I'm saying? Are they, were they, so if you look at what I just said with the United States, the quote unquote, the greatest country with the biggest GDP has, that means what that curve is saying is the life expectancy of your family and their children is going to be worse than today. And people just need to absorb that. So all the people on the left, every elite is implicated in this. If you're a professor, anyone who has a big name is implicated in that graph that we need a systems overhaul because that shows whether you're in academia, media, any of these people, they contributed to that because they had power, they had a megaphone and no one is talking about that graph, Owen, no one, because it implicates all of them. Everything yeah. we're talking about is implicated in that one line graph. Wow. Yeah, and a lot of, and what they do is they, like, uh, they'll, they'll paste the truth where Joe Rogan in March of 2020, it was like March 13th. That's why I wonder, like, do they do sometimes get scripts and talking points where it's like, he said that anybody that's against vaccines is a kook and implied that their children should be taken away. Uh -huh. And then, so when he rolls out ivermectin nine months later, he gets to salvage his credibility as a false god idol, keep gatekeeping. But when it mattered, he threw everyone under the bus. Yeah. And that's, it's pretty gross. And they, these people do suffer for their horrible behavior. Like they're, they live pretty miserable lives. What's your opinion on that swarm? Like, are they intelligent? Are they happy people? Well, you know, it's interesting. From my observation, right, I think these people live two lives. This outer life, right? If you go to Nobu over in Malibu, right, that restaurant, right, in that VIP section, they're all the same people who get in there and they live this outward life. Of They are... They're, they are, you know, it, right? They're, they're on top of the heap. They're living well. But I think there's this other life that is absolutely devoid of any type of soul. When I'm around those people, Owen, when I first met Kennedy, it was pure evil. I mean, I can't tell you, man. There's something really off with that guy. And he lives, I think, literally two lives. All these people live two lives. That's why the giggling you see from Tucker Carlson, Tucker Carlson right, is yeah. that. It is an evidence of someone who is not whole and this wholesomeness is not there. So they've become very, very good at this outward acting and being able to manipulate people. And that gives them this hubris that everyone else is stupid, but they're smart. And the reality is, I don't even think they have thought about what is happiness, Owen. I mean, we, we're thinking about yeah, these yeah, questions, totally. right? To yeah. them, it's a very visceral sense. Do they have this? and others don't have this. So they have this and others don't have this. But I don't even think they get beyond that, man. I don't think there's any sense of that discourse. And everything they do, every everything is a messaging. You see, that's done to advance. So the, the story I heard was stuff was gonna come out about Tucker, about some stuff that took place at Fox, right? He was, apparently a woman has a video of him. Uh, we don't know all the details. I just heard this this morning. So 
they, they know when even their own swarm spits them out, they're ready for the next gig, right? So now he goes over, hangs out with Alex Jones and puts this whole thing together that now he's, he didn't know about how screwed up the world was. Now he's coming to a great awakening. Well, great. But what is going to be your penance that you're going to play, pay for that, Tucker? Will you pay anything for any of this? Will you, will you apologize to what you did to our lawsuit when you could have had an effect? They never say when things matter. You talked about Rogan. When things matter, they don't use their megaphones because they're all on golden handcuffs. They're slaves. Yeah, and they're waiting for the signal from their slave masters. It, like, it, right. So, like, I'm like, okay, Bruce Jenner is taping his wing to his leg. That's a joke. Like, if no one's doing this joke, we're not comedians. Right. Everybody just, the swarm was like, they're looking for their signal. And I'm like, I, dude, I don't look to other people. I'm 6'8". Right. Like, and so I do the joke. I get all this heat and canceled. Then five years later, Chappelle does the same joke. And everyone's like, fighting the deep state. But, like, all it was was the op ended. They sucked it dry. They got the graph went, whatever the graph finished. And then they're like, okay, salvage it. Let's throw out our fake uh, truth tellers and keep the people entrained in this false mythology. And I, it's just so obvious. That's why they, they despise people that aren't in that because it reveals it. And I think you're so right about that. Like if you ask them if they're happy, they'd be like, well, I have a Bugatti and you have a Ford Focus. So Exactly. Yes. Right. <laughs> yeah. When you ask them that question, the disdain is, why are you asking me that question? Who the fuck are you to ask me that? Look at what I have. And inside, they're also very insecure. Like they right. also have this imposter syndrome. That's really interesting. Right. Because they are imposters. Right. Yeah. That's why I think, Owen, I think one of the most powerful things, we live in a very, very important time because those in power are creating, they almost have a manufacturing facility of false gods now. Before it was one yeah. or two. Now they have like a whole factory. Tulsi Gabbard, next one. Okay. Trump, we ran him through. Right. They have a whole factory now. Because they have to be ready to, um, uh, it's almost like they're doing marketing testing. Okay, that guy, let's try this out. Okay, that didn't work. Let's go to the next one. That's what they're doing. Which false god can they put today in this arena to manipulate people back to them? And that's the fundamental phenomenon that's taking place right now. The manufacturing of false gods and false prophets through their uh, you know, autonomous engine that they're doing. And that, that's why it's exciting because uh, what is the biggest anathema to them is independent people who do not own owe anything to them coming. And the only way that they treat that is now with the cloak of invisibility. They make them invisible. That's their goal. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. they invisible. Oh, la, 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 la. And then they plagiarize our material and they yeah. put it out when it doesn't matter like the Dave Chappelle example you gave, or Tucker Carlson coming two years later. Oh, my God. And he puts on that face. You ever seen that disingenuous face he does? Yeah. Like as though everything is like, oh, my God, this is shocking. The conversation him and Musk have, I wanted, I, I said two CIA agents getting together. Musk saying, oh, yeah, we discovered that the government has been in Twitter. So you <laughs> didn't know that? And them acting like this is a fucking news, man. It's like watching the Daily Wire profit on the, the trans kid thing. I'm like, who's that? Is that the Ben Shapiro fools? Thing? Yeah, and Matt oh. Walsh and all those guys. Yeah. I'm like, I was talking about this in 2016. I got kicked out of CAA. Like, you all know it. Like, every, and now that you can market it, right. And almost like, like, eat the scraps. It's almost like they need the child trans stuff to make money now. It's like, yeah. 
you know, they do the fact that they're allowed to do a college tour. I'm like, when I talked about the trans kid hormonal abuse thing in 2017 or in 2016, 2017, I have detailed emails about why I wasn't allowed at UConn. I wasn't allowed at any of these uh, uh, colleges that I was booked out at because of my transphobia and that I couldn't have an agent. If they're allowed to go to colleges, it means it's approved by the system that's doing it. So it's like, so they make their money on their trans stuff and then they make their money pretending to oppose it. And that's it. It's like they're, nobody is attacking any of the roots of it. Nobody talks about Teva Pharmaceutical out of Israel that has a monopoly on the hormone. Like That's why I just don't even it's not that I don't care. I care deeply, but I care about like creating my communities, creating the food, like uh, doing our festivals, crowdfunding for land for the festivals. So we don't have to be in debt, blah, blah, blah. Like, because I'm just done with these people. I'm like, you never talk about what causes it. It's only mm-hmm. like, they, they and, and I feel bad for some of these trans people. I'm like, dude, you're, you're literally shaming people that are in pain. Like, like that's your whole thing is you point Ben Shapiro and all these people, they point at these like depressed broken psychologically traumatized college kids and they try to debate them and all they do is try and make them feel really bad about themselves it's funny that i'm seen as this like mean comedian and i have way more empathy and compassion for a lot of these marginalized communities that are now completely just used as cash cows it's like so now they sell his her chocolate it's like well do you talk about the dsm-5 making it so gender dysphoria is no longer a mental illness so that now you can market it to eight-year-olds based on a bomb like you don't even look at that hey hey yeah hey owen so so that yeah so so the the right wing whatever is making essentially money on this right that's what they're doing so they take an issue and they attack these people without compassion what's interesting is in was it 19 late 90s there's a very interesting PR agency. You may know them called Burson Marsteller. You know these guys? No. They're a PR agency that's like the premier PR agency for crisis management. So like when Toyota has their wheels falling off their cars, they call them and they do the spin control for them. So many, yeah. many years ago when I was uh, in my late 20s, when I'd started this company because for customer service, right? Burson called me and they said, oh, you know, we want to see if we can use your technology for working with companies predict when a crisis is going to come. So anyway, so I was meeting one of the senior uh, heads of this company and we went out to dinner and I said, oh, tell me, like, what was your biggest achievement? He goes, oh, let me tell you my biggest achievement. I go, really? Okay. He goes, you know who Eli Lilly is? Okay. Eli Lilly is a big drug company. They are the ones who made Prozac. Okay. And he goes, well, I was brought into Eli Lilly because they had a serious crisis. I go, what was the crisis? He goes, Prozac sales were dropping massively. I go, what'd you do? He goes, what I did was I came in and I said, you got to change this whole brand. You can no longer, I, I forget their brand. It was like, we're a big drug company. That was their brand. He changed it to, we help people's lives. First step. And then I, and I go, what else did you do? He goes, we then, he goes, I told them they need to go start a nonprofit to save battered women. I go, why is that? So they started it. So Eli Liddy funds the formation of this nonprofit, he was telling me. And what this nonprofit was going to do was actually they took out big full page ads in newspapers, uh, which said uh, to women, hey, is your wife's is is, is your friend's uh, husband beating her? If so, tell her that she should tell her husband to take Prozac. 
So they took all these ads out as though they care for battered women, created a nonprofit. And I go, how did it work? He goes, Prozac sales went up like that. So they, if you attack it, then now you hate battered women. Right. Right. So now, now go to trans. We know that there were some very, so remember that when the 2010 census were coming out, was it 10 years ago, right? There was an interesting thing that the census, the U.S. government census wanted to remove male and female question. I don't know if you remember this. They wanted to, they, they didn't want to ask gender. And a friend of mine, a very good friend of mine from uh, uh, New Jersey, Lorraine and I sit and she'd come to visit me. And I go, wow, why do they want to do this? And then I said, wow, that means, because we know the census about collecting lots of data and seeing patterns. I go, so that means they want to disassociate gender because maybe there's a pattern that's coming up with gender that they don't want people to observe anymore. So, <laughs> right. So I type in gender changes and boom, this article comes out um, done by this guy called Tyrone Hayes, who was a professor. You know, this work, Tyrone Hayes's work. OK, so Tyrone Hayes is a, prof- is a professor at Berkeley who was funded by Syngenta, a big ag company to prove that atrazine was absolutely fine. Atrazine is a restricted use pesticide, an RUP, that is typically sprayed on golf courts or uh, children's, uh, you know, when you go play football or soccer, it's a restricted use pesticide, it's a weed killer. And so he was, Syngenta wanted him to basically put the rubber stamp saying this is absolutely fine, no safety issues. Tyrone Hayes actually did research, right? He actually went and got the African clawfoot frog and he gave it uh, atrazine, and he noticed that the males were becoming females, okay? In the embryos, they were invaginating, okay? That was sex change taking place. And so he says, okay, I'm gonna publish this, and Syngenta comes and threatens him because they thought he was gonna give the rubber stamp. They harass him, his family. Anyway, he publishes it, and then he showed it in mammals. Now, the reason I wanna told you that earlier story is, this is a hypothesis that I have, yeah, yeah, so yeah, so we know there's some distribution curve of let's say gender is some flexible thing, right? Meaning there's a set of people over here who are questioning their gender, but it's sort of on the tail ends. But you have a large and maybe the curve is like this. OK, like the gals. Exists. My piano teacher growing up did have gender dysphoria. There's like it might be like one in three thousand. They're kind of like shamanistic, mystical type people. Yeah, yeah, yeah not like an eight you know it's not like what we're seeing now like there is a, a curve yes yeah like in india those people are revered as like sort of gods or something like that but i give you when i went to mit i had a friend of mine who came from a hispanic migrant farmer family where all the children oh, used to be migrant farmers every yeah. one of them had a gender issue because they're out in the fields with all this pesticides oh. so check this out so imagine owen that just like the Eli Lilly example, they know that that curve has become really fucked up. Okay. So now we create a PR program to normalize something where the numbers have become really bad to basically normalize the fact that these pesticides are in such deep levels in our environment that it is fundamentally causing gender change. Right. So what would you and do? They roll out an agent like Alex Jones to make it look crazy to question. Where he's like, exactly. Turning the frogs gay. That's so what I'm saying. Yeah. That, so if you even bring it up, you're now associated with someone that acts. Right. Crazy. So so you have Jones who does crazy shit to take real stuff. So they lead with him to make the shit yeah. look crazy. Yeah. 
Right. But what I'm saying is, so here's Burson Marsteller, the number one PR agency. Look at what they did. It was an engineered technique. We're going to save these guys. We're going to create a nonprofit. We're going to normalize. You see what I'm saying? Using yeah, yeah, yeah. the the, the uh, oppressed, right, in a particular area to sell a product. And I think that's what potentially could be going on here, that you have created an ad campaign because Ari Emanuel owns the whole theater. He's got the he's got the platform. You tell me what you need. I'll deliver it for you. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's like the devil. He's well, he, yeah, he's he's a front end. He's a user interface. So when I look at software engineering, you have the data layer, the application layer, and then the front end. So he controls a front end. Okay, Ari, I need this done. All right. I need free speech. I need people to think, okay, Elon, put this stupid guy here, right? Okay, Joe Rogan, I need the short guy over here to do this for me, right? So they have these people on the front end to deliver stuff back to the back end, right? And I think they've engineered this man. And we have to expose this engineering architecture to people. Then people wake up. I mean, how common is that you're seeing? Is that like everywhere now? Well, check this. Well, it's so. So what I did was so it's it's not it's used on sports fields, right? So I went and said, "Wow, Bruce Jenner's father's job." I just typed it on Google. You know, his father was his father was a tree surgeon. What do tree surgeons do? They cut off trees and they used to put in pesticides so the tree wouldn't grow. So what if, again, hypothetically? Yeah, 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 I'm into it. You, you see what I'm saying? So I am, as a biologist who studies this stuff every day, the molecular pathways are so complex, man. You hit a certain, uh, you know, target, you can cause a whole chain reaction and reactions, particularly at certain phases of development. It's particularly in embryology, right? Particularly in the mother's womb. So I think that's what's happened, Owen. And that's why when you look at that curve of lifespan going like this, this is the aggregation of all of these policies. The chickens have come home to roost, as Malcolm X would say, right? right. And it's such a good point about the vets, too. It's like, so, so many of our alpha males are now just like broken and sad because they had to do some banker war. And like that infects whole communities. Right. hundred people get infected by one person who's a PTSD. Now, in ancient Mongolia, when a soldier came back from fighting, they didn't introduce him into the community. They used to do tapping. They removed this memory out of their fascia. We just take these poor people, man, that were poor working class people, were strong men who were put in these environments, and then we put them back into societies with no support, nothing. And that's what that curve represents. And a ton of lies. Because it's right. like there are some wars where it's more logical, like if the narrative works. Like the the, the soldiers I know with the worst PTSD were the ones that broke broke from the uh, rules of engagement and like shot some people that they shouldn't have shot in their rules. And that we, me and my brothers to call it a moral wound because uh, you know, they, if they were, they had a really hard time with it. So if you're in a war and it's one reason why they're so repellent, some of these guys of uh, truth or stuff is because their whole world will break down. If they realize that so many of these wars are based around like, you know, banking currency, yep. opioids, you know, and, and then all those memories and the reason you did it, if your narrative starts breaking down, because there, like, there was this one study that, like, uh, that there was way less PTSD in the Pacific theater. It's funny they call it theater than the German theater in World War II because the fighting was more vicious and obvious. It was like people were trying to kill you, you killed them. Versus like some of these conquest wars, it's really tough to deal with that when you come home. You know? Yeah, it's interesting you say that. 
we have this certification we built for farm to table food. It's a very high call clean food certified. So I got a call one day from some guy who'd seen our clean food seal and he had a question about it. So he called me on my phone, um, you know, randomly. This guy was a veteran in the in the Gulf War. And I said, what did you do? He goes, Shiva, I have such bad PTSD. I, he goes, I had to leave. And I go, what did you do? He goes, I was in a room. I was the one who was manning drones to drop on people. And he goes, oh. to me, to your point, Owen, he goes, that war was so bad because I would be killing people that I didn't even see. It wasn't like I had to face them and I had to have this human relationship. He goes, it was so um, psychically and spiritually bad for me. And, you know, he got rid of all that. He said, I took care of my body. I learned meditation. I started eating off the land. But he goes, that was what his healing process. And he's still going through that. But he said this disenfranchisement from him actually seeing the enemy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and if someone's trying to kill you, regardless of if the narrative, if Arlene Emanuel created something where people should not be fighting, but they are based on bad information, if someone's actually trying to kill you and you kill them, it really doesn't create the same PTSD than if you're like, yeah, like what that guy just described, where you're just a cog blowing people up with a machine. It's like so hard on people. That's why executioners have a lot of problems. And I was doing a stream recently about how torturing people you're going to execute is really bad for your soul, where it's like, if a society deems some mass murderer to die, to torture that person is to torture yourself. Like, to be like, no, I want them to suffer because they make people suffer. It's like, aren't you executing them? Like, it's the same with animals. Like, you, you should never make them suffer. It's like, if that's what you've deemed, because people will revert to being a child again and be like, mommy, mommy, and somebody's like strapped down and you kill them, that's your memory and you got to carry that and that's going to cause a lot of problems. I don't care what the fucking guy did before. If you're not engaged in combat and there's just someone sitting there and someone kills them, there's it, it's so that's why the, the executioners weren't allowed to live in villages because they were they, had, they only lived with them, each other because they're like so like karmically and psychologically damaged people, you know? Well, it's interesting, Owen, because the research I was doing about a couple, about 10 years ago is there's a part of in the in our bodies which carry these memories. And it's not just in the brain, it's physically in your entire body. And people tissues have been- have the issues. What's that? Tissues have the issues. Yeah, yeah. tissues have the issues. The fascia actually. In, and you know how you say you feel it in your bones, uh, we may have talked about this. So your bones actually carry memory. Your fascia carries this memory. It's not just in the brain. So when people have all of these ailments, it's literally this, these karmic memories are actually carrying in their bodies. And it requires some type of spiritual healing you have to go through. To, so getting back to your earlier question, I think these people were talking about these evil people. I think they carry this physically in their bodies. So when yeah. I look at... Um, Kennedy's voice, which sounds like something from his voice does not his, his words don't match his deeds. That is not accidental. His voice sounds like that. You can talk about, well, poor guy had this. Well, I think there's such there's something with his existence. You have to look at that. OK, because I think the physiognomy ultimately carries these things on some deep level. Nice. And 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 that's why many and, and then you have to look at why some of these people almost just live for a long time. Do you know what I'm saying? They're almost living off 
some some other energy in a b bad way. You know what I'm saying? They're sort of oh, just. Oh, yeah. So, Absolutely. Yeah, they're like puppets. It's almost like they get hollowed out and then something else is puppeting most of the Yes. I, yeah. Because I've known some of these people do some of the most brilliantly evil shit and they're not smart. And so I'm like, how does that happen? Yeah. Like that, uh, like the Bill Clinton example of, that, of, of like he will take this large idea and just figure out exactly what he's going to do. One thing. It. You just hang your hat on this yeah. one thing. Yep. Interesting. Well, my friend, where can people find you? I'll, uh, I've taken up uh, over two hours of your time. So um, well, I'm really excited about you running for president. I think that's awesome. Yes. Especially so just to get like just to get these ideas out. It's just because I think the, the fight really is uh, consciousness. I know that you agree with that. Where it's like, yeah, it's 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 it's, it. yeah. it's it's consciousness and creating an environment. They have created a th theatrical world. I mean, look, theater, ultimately, if you go look at the works of Bertolt Brecht or Shakespeare, they're ancient, ancient, was ultimately was supposed to be used for good. Theater was supposed to be a way that you taught people. It was political theater was the most powerful theater. And what what has happened is these people have taken over art. I mean, art from, a you know, was a movement of its times. It was supposed to reflect what was actually going on at a deep level. None of this art talks about the suffering of working people. None of this talks about any of the realities of what's going on, right? So, I and mean, when you look at a guy like Ari Emanuel, what he controls, what Joe Rogan does not talk about when it matters, right? What the contradictions, they are basically running a world of theater, which has nothing to do with reality. So that's why, it becomes, you know, running for president, it's like, it's gonna give, a, I mean, we already are gonna do it anyway, right? But it lets us say, you know what? Okay, so you've created this world. I'm gonna step into your world and fight you, duel you on that world. One of the things I wanna do, Owen, is here's an idea. Challenge, you know how they wanna do a WWE? Okay, I'll, I'll play your WWE. I will challenge Tucker Carlson, and Robert Kennedy and Elon Musk, they can do triple tag team against me. And I want to talk about certain issues. And it can, I'll give them three minutes to my one minute. But let's talk about Twitter, free speech. Let's talk about really vaccines and contradictions. And let's really talk about the news, media. And I will take, they all can, three against one, if that's what they need. But I was going to. They won't do it. They won't, they won't do, do it. it. But I was going to say, look, I'll. I'm sure you guys have money issues. You need money. You're begging for money. I'll pay for your flight here if you need it, right? Uh, since you're into climate change, if you want, I'll get your Amtrak. But basically, <laughs> Owen is to expose these people that they do not want debate at all. And so that's one, right? So this forum starts giving us an opportunity. I think that's what needs to happen. These people for far too long have been held at this level. They need to be brought down to what they really are. They are not really someone who serves life. And no. for far too long, they get way too much respect, you know? And they need to be in a very, very, um, in a very, very directed way, be absolutely disrespected so people can break these engrams and start saying, why are you calling him that? Why are you calling them that? Well, this is why. This is what he said and this is what he did. Are you a fucking idiot? We need to have that conversation with people because this mindlessness needs to be broken. And 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 oh, yeah, and and there's and that their money doesn't mean they're good. Like that's something I like breaking too. They're like, Joe Rogan's so much more successful than you. You're so 
you're so jealous. I'm like, name one actual thing that he's more successful at than me. And all they got is money. They're like, he's so rich. I'm like, dude, getting little gold stars from the devil isn't really the accomplishment you think it is. You know, and and because that's one thing I love about America is America culturally always has this idea that it's like it doesn't matter what your title is or what money you have. It's like, what's your moral character and can you survive the winter? You know, and yeah, I want to really keep that American culture because I think it really I I know, you know, it's unique. A lot of people take it for granted that, you know, I make fun of the baby boomer grit stuff because it gets so annoying because they won't address like the debt problems or like some of this bullshit that they're doing. But like. That idea of grit and bootstraps actually is good. It's just been kind of used <laughs> in a bad way by people that are oblivious to how much harder economically their grandchildren have it. But yes, it's like, it, yeah, it's like, it's, prove it. Yes, so, so Owen, I think what's what we are going to try to do in this campaign is start elevating those people actually work. Someone like you gets up and works or you know, people yeah. who make something, right? These people actually put a shitload of effort to earn their degree or earn a skill and do it. I don't know what Robert Kennedy has ever done. I mean, if he if he didn't come from a Kennedy, what would he be? Or Tucker Carlson, if he didn't come from his background, right? Or Elon Musk, like what would these people actually be, you see? And I think we need to go back and go back to these very core American values, which were about... Um, you actually earn stuff and you worked your butt off, right? And yeah. you can't find, I mean, you, you try to do something in your home and, and you're, you can't find anyone who wants to work anymore. It's very hard. And, and so that one phenomenon saying, but on the other hand, they've made people so destitute and then, and they don't want to give them anything and they call them all these names, right? So the right attacks these people and the left wants to subjugate these other people so they don't learn any skills. So yeah, exactly. you, you have this total attack on working people of America. And back to your point, Owen, I think the end of this, if you look at the tip of the spear from a global, it was the American male, which was supposed to be the fighter for the world working class. And what's happened is when you look at that graph, it has actually been the destruction of the American male. Because in a very profound way, because you destroy the American male, you take away the real warriors who would have fought for the First Amendment and you replace them with a slob like Elon Musk or a giggling fool like Tucker Carlson or some idiot like a contradictory fool like like these are men. I don't think so. Robert exactly. Kennedy. So they've de they've degraded what a man needs to be. Right. I mean, Robert Kennedy hits on every fucking woman. I mean, puts hands up their skirts. People should go do the research. And this is no value for any honor, nobility, et cetera. And, and well, that's- didn't kill him like his uncle, you know, it's like- What's that? For a, for a Kennedy to just molest, it's actually the moral Kennedy. Like Ted Kennedy fucking killed one of them. He fucking killed one here. And and then, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy, right? So that's what I'm it's saying. Like murderers. Right, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, you see that movie, Nixon. In the movie, Spear Agnew tells Nixon, you know, they stole it from you fairly and squarely, right? <laughs> So yeah, I, I think it's an opportunity right now for people to really think about what it means to be an American. Yeah. What what yeah. did these value systems mean? Why did people come by the droves to this country? And that's what I want to talk about. Do you really value people who work, who really earn stuff? Or why are you giving value to a, a freaking guy who 
talked about eating maggots and shit, Joe Rogan, right? Or some guy who had this huge megaphone, Tucker Carlson, in 2020. He didn't say shit about the most important thing, the government destroying free speech. All these people need to be exposed because they weren't men. I'm not talking about women, not to dis disenfranchise them. But, but these women want people like you to say these things because a lot of women are starting to get this like scared feeling where it's like, where's the men? So I don't think any woman would be offended by you saying that because they want the man to hold the line. Even when the woman at the time is scared, that's when the man has to do it the most. When it's like, yeah, but my wife really wanted to get back. So it's like, that's the time she needs you the most. Right, right. Like, you're the guy, like women fall for social shame so much more than men, which is fine because it makes them great moms and community leaders and stuff like that. But like, they don't want to stand out. You know, they don't. I used to do a bit about how women are communist men are capitalists where, you know, for a woman, whoever is having the worst time sets the tone where it's like, if all the women are out, like one's like, oh, I'm having a really bad night. You know, Brian's here with his new girl. All the other girls are like, Debbie, you're in charge now. We're all going home to lick your tears. And men are like, if one's having a, a bad night, it's like, get away from us, dude. You're a buzzkill, you know? But the opposite is true where for men, the fastest and smartest, we make our captain and leader. For women, if it's like, she's the prettiest, tell everybody she has herpes, you know? Or it's like the whole social ostracism thing for women is their whole nightmare. And so when all the social levers are saying, if you don't take a vaccine, you hate grandma, you hate blah, blah, blah. Women fall for that so bad. And that's why they need a man to say, yeah, listen, they know that this is going to hurt for six months. And then after they love you even more for it. You know, yeah. women don't respect men that they can roll over. It's like men have to be like, listen, I, it, I, I this is the right answer. And that's the masculine. Needs but, but that's what I'm saying. What Kennedy did there shows the ridiculousness of this of his existence as a man on the one yeah, hand he doesn't take right yeah that's what I, I i you know yeah because so on the one hand he's telling people to fight for medical freedom and then when it's caught that he has to have medical tearing in his home he doesn't take ownership he blames his wife what a yeah. prick man it, it's that, it's that, it's that like a double immoral men that's why men that get cucked by women don't trust because he probably has been caught cheating thousands of times. Exactly. So, woman, so that's when the woman rules the roost is when, you know, the, it really is that simple. Like the guy's like, I would tell her to stop, but then she won't let me once my point out. Right. You're like, Oh, that's what you are. Right. Okay. <laughs> and that's why I get to lead my family is because my wife knows I'm an honorable man where it's like, yeah, we're moving to Idaho. And it's like, I, you know, and it's been a great call and she's very happy, but it's like, because she knows that I'm not betraying her. And that's why these like scumbag men get like totally rolled over by their women. It's like, I would have stood up for medical tyranny, but Brenda said no. Like, <laughs> yeah. Why does, why does Brenda have power over you, Robert? Right. Is it because you tried to bang her sister when she was drunk? Right. It's like, yeah, you know, I'm just trying to loosen up. I'm very stressed out. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm telling you, man, that I think that's that's the era. I think the goal was to destroy the American male because America is the one who had the First Amendment and the Second Amendment, which are the most yeah. powerful weaponry for the liberation of all humans. And the tip of that spear after World War II was the American male. And when you look yeah, at no, the growth that took place, you had to go destroy them. And so people really want to ask in 2024, do they want a pussy to be running their country? Do they, I, love it. I mean, I love Tucker it. Carlson's a fucking pussy. 
The bow tie wearing giggling pussy. Yeah, bow tie wearing giggling pussy or the ah, ah, talking guy who who cannot who talks about medical freedom swoops in whenever it's needed but can't even in his own home have medical freedom. Are you fucking serious? Anyone when I put out that tweet exposing him, that idiot chief nerd, they have all he has all these little minions backing him up. These guys are also not men. They are basically a minion of feminine bots. I don't even want to say feminine because they're not even at that level. Fe you know, my grandmother or people where I grew up were powerful women, you know? Earth they're, they're goats that have been castrated. Yeah, goats that have been castrated. And that's, so the question in 2024 is, are you going to have goats that have been castrated? Are you going to have people who pay <laughs> off porno, porno stars and then get indicted and then we feel sorry for them? I the mean, real victim is Donald Trump. I mean- he paid that whore 130 grand to shut her mouth. I did this bit where I'm like, Bill Clinton's calling up Donald Trump, like, you know, you can just kill him, right? Yeah. That's pretty much our leadership class. And I was trying to, I, I made someone laugh the other I day about have. Elon Musk. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I don't trust African. I don't trust African Americans. And someone's like, but he's white. I go, it's not about the skin, it's about Africa. Right. I don't know. That was kind of funny. Because <laughs> he really is like a foreign guy, too. You know, yeah. like, and people are just like, oh, you know, just like, dude, it, it, I don't know. It's pretty funny. But I, th I think, Owen, I think that's, I think we should have, to me, I, you know, our campaign is going to be a lot of fun. It has yeah. to be about service and adventure. And, and, and talking shit. I think yeah. Really and talking, a, and talking a lot of shit about these people and breaking all the rules. And it's going to be, to my, in my view, our campaign is going to be a fun campaign. It's going to open up a huge amount of opportunity for people to, awaken to the nonsense that these people are and hopefully yeah. great men to come out of it so what we're doing uh, so the site is people can go to shivaforpresident.com that's your standard website um but mo the truthfreedomhealth.com truthfreedomhealth is where the solution is right the solution is awaken your consciousness how do you awaken your consciousness you got to put in some time you have to put in the work we've created the tools so you understand the dynamics of how systems work you have a community of people who are coming from all over the world. We want people to be leaders in their community. In our in the platform that I put together, uh, uh, Owen, it's the what you know what our healthcare platform is. What is it? Boost your immune system. That's it. Build natural immunity. And we're gonna. That's it. Fuck talking about all this other bullshit. How are? Do you understand the dynamics of how your immune system works and how you boost it? How are they going to get that? We're not going to wait to win in twenty twenty four. Every other, every sixth Thursday, I teach a course free. You come in, I teach you the immune system. I teach you how at the molecular systems level. What's our program for the environment? Learn how to grow your own food or learn how to support local farmers, how to get, that's the environment, right? Because if you, if you, if you value food as medicine, everything else comes out of it. That's an interesting little switch. It's like not the environment, your environment. Your environment. Localize it is a very important little switch you can do verbally. Right. That's really good. And, and the next one is education. The education is learning truth from lies, wisdom. How do you learn that? Well, you have to understand the science of systems. Next is you get to innovation. What is innovation? Innovation is solving a freaking problem, not sending a drone over there to bomb some people. Some That's not innovation. So there's an innovation program we have. We're going to teach people what is money, Right. Why is it an immigrant comes here with 10 cents in their pocket and makes 10 million? Well, they learn about frugality, you know, using resources properly. So we're going to, our whole campaign is going to be door to door, Owen, 
teaching people to come to these courses, learn, teach, and serve. So, and in the, so that'll be the solutions piece. But in the middle of that, we want to just destroy these people in a very powerful, with, with humor, with comedy, whatever, you know, all, all these tools and expose all these fools. And it's good for men to be mocked when they're weak. You know, it's like, I was in this uh, feud with this guy like four months ago. And their main thing was that I was fat because I gotten a little, because my wife had been pregnant for seven straight years. So I was getting a little fat and I've been running every morning. I'm down like 30 pounds because I was sick of people calling me fat. You know, it actually is good for men to be like, hey, Tucker, quit being such a pussy, you know? Well, that's what happens when you grew up in Jersey, man. Everyone jokes around. You make fun of shit and you just get over it and you improve. Now you can't make fun yeah. of everything. Yeah, people take it all personally and stuff, you know? I know. It's like, it, it, it's helpful for guys, you know? Right. It's like, oh, you're, you're, you're getting kind of jiggly there, big guy. It's like <laughs> kind of let people know where their weaknesses are and it strengthens men and it strengthens the whole. So that's why I really like that you're attacking feminized men because- it really, you know, the whole soft men lead to hard times thing is so true. And our elite have never been softer, in my opinion. It's like just incapable of even hearing criticism. Well, I, like I, I think these men who fuck around on their wives are yeah. truly feminine men because that they means they have, they have no dignity for any. So Robert Kennedy is a pussy. Donald Trump is a pussy. I mean, all they these are. people, what the fuck are you doing? You're married you have a wife and then you're banging these people and then you pay her off and then you you are you're the victim come on and then people are giving him people gave him 40 million 20 million dollars and 10 million bucks vi feeling victimized for, for yeah and he's mocking the woman he banged it's like let's say you're just some don juan character and you just love women he doesn't even like them he's like, right her space her space is a bit i'm like then why did you pay her for <laughs> what's wrong with you like you didn't even find her attractive. Right. It's just like, and I have a weird theory. And I think you're somebody that I could actually run this by. Wouldn't think I was crazy that there's a, there's almost like a spirituality to promiscuity where it can start feminizing guys where it's almost like, it's so odd because we're always told that the more women you're with, the more of a man you are growing up in some of these environments. But what I've seen is there's like an age where if guys keep doing it, they just get more and more like materialistic and like soft and weird. Like I know some guys that have been prom promiscuous for like decades and they almost become like gay guys. It's bizarre. You know, like Robert Kennedy, like that weird, like, you know, cause they're not doing it cause they like it. It's almost like this approval seeking behavior where they want a woman to to approve of them or their arts it's just like their eyes go black i don't know what it is but it's very weird i don't i don't trust guys to cheat on their wife i think it's real it's a it's a telling sign that they're either like compulsive they love they're they're like they like high risk behavior for no reason or they seek approval or they're just like really bizarre people you know well well owen it's it's a couple of weeks ago i had a very interesting issue that a friend of mine that i just met we were talking about, you know, spirituality. And he says, you got to read this book. And he sends me this book. I actually ordered it. So I got it. And it was a book about uh, this very interesting couple who'd lost their child when they were very young. Right. And they wanted it. They were asking the most profound questions in life. What is the meaning of life? And they had some very interesting experiences. Anyway, the mother wrote this book on life and the afterlife, you know? So anyway, I got this book, big 300 page book. And I said, okay, what is what must I learn from this book? Randomly open up to a page. And it comes up to literally 
just got it, opened up the Amazon and the, and the book comes up to a page which says, your mission in life. And it said, your mission in life is to fight evil and to right. never, that was it. And I, I never, I haven't even read the book. I give it to Michelle to read. Okay. She's reading it, right? <laughs> she's read the whole thing. It talks about the seven realms of heaven and, you know, blah, because, you know, you know yeah, yeah. but that's a mission in life. So you're supposed to fight evil, period. And in Cyrano de Bergerac, you know, the end of it, right? Some people say, well, why should you fight evil? You know, it could be useless. You may lose, you may win. It doesn't matter. You're supposed to fight evil no matter where it leads. That That is the end and the means. Now, in order to fight evil, the greatest, in, the, in all the greatest literature, you always had men with great honor, great nobility. If you read the Ramayana, right? The story of Ram or all these great epic stories, which is the true mythos that they don't want to bring out. The true architect of the hero's journey, they don't want to, they want to fill it with other myths. But the real. Like the Assyric kings and all that stuff, like, uh, like the old Indian literature. Yeah, yeah, like the Ramayana is a great story of Ram, right? Yeah. Ram is this guy who's supposed to be the king. His father had banged some other wife. He didn't tell him at the last minute when he was supposed to. He goes, Oh, I got to tell you that I made a deal with that woman. Anyway, so Ram being noble, he says, Okay, you can have my. Other because I honor you, Father, right? And he gets exiled, banished into the wilderness for 14 years. And the Ramayana starts where he has to save his wife from this evil thing. But it's the story of a what they considered the true man, honorable, noble, fights for truth, right? Is willing to go through. But there was this concept of what fighting evil was, and men were supposed to lead that charge uncompromisingly. These people aren't fucking fighters for evil. I mean, are you fucking serious? You fucking cheat on your goddamn wife. You're fucking banging anyone you can get a hold of. And I'm supposed to trust you? How can you trust? victim. Like, the, the funniest part is, like, I know some scumbags that are kind of lovable scumbags that just kind of know they're scumbags and they are what they are. Dude, Trump's, the, he's a scumbag and a victim. He's like, I'm being attacked. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, like, I know guys that are just kind of like, if you're like, Hey man, did you pay that hooker for a ball? That's like, yeah, dude. I, I, <laughs> you know, but Trump's like, I'm leading the charge against the darkness. It's like, bro, you don't even know what you want. Yeah, and then the people are saying like he's like Christ being persecuted. <laughs> you know that, right? It, it was around. I'm trying to sell an NFT, and the deep state will not. And the fake news will not fucking tell anybody it's a great deal. It's only fourteen ninety nine. Like, oh my god, this guy is like, he's the most feminine guy I've ever seen. Just so feminine, and people think he's like this fighter. He's like, listen, okay, I the deep state. It's making me very uncomfortable in my chair. I'm like, oh, that's why I'm I'm optimistic because I think these things are gonna. You're right though. We shouldn't just wait. We shouldn't just wait to have oppress people. You know, you have to build through it. I yeah, I mean, about you because you're, it, people aren't the more oppressed they get, the more degraded they get. Yeah, that's, that's a very famous quote. Some of the Russian revolutionaries talked about they, they had this big debates in the 1917s, like talking about how you make revolutionary change. One theory was that you oppress people enough and they'll rise up. Well, that hasn't happened in Jamaica and Haiti. You oppress people, they get into greater oppression. And, the, and, and they know that it's like the Monty Python skit, right? Like. The guy says, oh, we were so poor, we lived under a paper bag. Oh, no, we were so poor, we lived under the paper bag in the sewer. Like, you can keep oppressing people, and they'll keep modifying their existence to lower and lower and lower levels. So so change has to be organized, no different than you get organized to 
plant, when you have to plant, there's some metho methodology, there's some engineering. And I think that's what they don't want to teach people with crazy religious shit. Oh, there's some Messiah going to come from somewhere to help you. They want to take away people's mental capabilities <laughs> to yeah, figure yeah. out something. Okay, I got to do this now. Then I got to do this and I got to do this. First, I got to realize that these people are scumbags and this is why they're scumbags. This is then we have to understand how they fuck me. This is what they do. And this is the mechanics of being screwed over. I'm going to teach you that. Then you got to understand the mechanics of being screwed over. Yeah, exactly. The system dynamics. We could put, we should, I mean, it's like an, no, seriously, man. It's like an engineering pro. It's like an engineering physics yeah. that we're developing. And people totally. need to understand there is actually, and they have all these people at major universities running these engineering, how to fuck people over Inc. Right. <laughs> or one-on-one. -on -one. No, that's what they're doing, man. Oh, 100%, dude. So and that's why it's like, uh, I wouldn't wear the masks. I'm telling people, I'm like, when you can say, like, imagine a girl being like, if I just let him touch my tits, he'll stop. It's like, no, you're consenting to the next layer. So right. If you can set, like, that's why I'm so, like, draconian when it comes to uh, people getting me to do stuff. When they're like, oh, no, just, just come on, play a little ball. Just accept a little bit. I'm like, dude, it's seduction. It's like, at what point, if, if at what point, the, the earlier you stop, the easier it is. And so if you're like, I'm not engaging in any of it, people kind of leave you alone. Yeah. They're like, okay, this guy's a weird note. Well, Shiva, it's been awesome. We got Same here, Owen. And if you ever need anything with the campaign, I'm, I'm all on board. Well, okay, uh, so you're going to run all of Idaho. Hey, you know what we're going to do, Owen? We're going to map out all of our cabinets, so we should make sure you're in there ahead of... Ahead I'm, of the, I'm the Secretary of Comedy. Okay, Secretary of Comedy. <laughs> All right, dude. All, All right, right. Thanks, Owen. Right, Be well. Guys. Take care. All right, guys. That was a great Dr. Shiva. I love that. All right. All right, everyone. That was uh, us with uh, Owen Benjamin. We forgot to put that in the tweet. hope you guys had, had uh, enjoyed that. But bottom line, everyone listening out there, we need real men. Uh, Robert Kennedy is not a man. He's Robert F. And Kennedy. The F stands for feminine. Fucker Carlson, the F stands for feminine, is not a man. And Elon fucking Musk is, these people aren't men. Stop looking to them. And uh, if you have problems with my cursing, recognize that I believe that we should curse at the right time, at the right person, at the right place. So be well, be the light. And I wish you all, um, wherever you are, a good night. Or, or, or uh, uh, But go to shivaforpresident.com and uh, support this wonderful campaign. Be well. Thank you very much. And do I shut it off, John? And ending logo? Okay. Thanks, everyone.